Alexis is a conqueror. No, I'm Alexander. He's no Alexander. I'm the best ever. There's never been anybody exclusive. I'm Sonny Liston. I'm Jack Dempsey. There's no one like me. I'm from their club. There's no one that can match me. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. And I'm just ferocious. I want your heart. I want to eat your children. It was just banter. Stay off the weed! And England win on penalties! History in itself! You know, I think it's a great city. I think they got the best organization in the NBA. But they do have some big old wins. <laughs> I'm here with the winner, Derek Lewis. Derek, why don't you take your pants off? Balls are fucked. I understand. Oh, I'm taking quickly, Reggie! Yeah. Yes, good match. No money's in the fucking reserves. Listen, I ain't gonna forget about this by the time we get the motorway. Hello and welcome to episode 252 of the Spitballing Pod. I'm Luke Byron, joined as always by Tom Kennett and Jack Harper. No Alex Jones today, uh, no real excuse for him, he's on holiday, uh, he claims it's the end of his season. Um, he did message me today, I, I'm, I was sure he'd said previously that he couldn't do it and he's like, probably won't be able to join the pod tonight. And I was like, you, you've made this easy because we've planned to do one in person and you weren't involved. So, <laughs> <laughs> Thanks but no thanks situation. <laughs> so uh, savage, <laughs> yes, not too bad, um, we'll give him something. Although, so from, from New York, did he say he probably can't do well, the he said, he, said the sig- he said the signal's not very good. Oh, right. I saw, because gotcha. I, I assumed he had like a race when he was going away, but I saw him cycling yesterday. W- would any of you go on holiday and cycle? Because I can't, I can't think of anything worse than going somewhere that see, hot. See, the, the, this is this falls into the category of when my mates go on holiday and then they Snapchat or Instagram videos of them in the gym. Yes, this and blows it's like, my mind. What, what are you fucking doing? I didn't know people did this till someone yeah. said, uh, "I'll go to Ibiza and I'll, I'll be in the gym in the day." I was like, yeah. "Surely you've gone to the gym for a year, so you don't have to do this." Well, yeah, we had this with our mates. I can't get my head around it. It's like Fanta lemons during the day, and then as it gets closer <laughs> to say three pm, then it, then the beers come out. And the, of all the things you could do on holiday, I, I know. know. It's going to sit by the pool. How do you find yourself? You're not going for a swim or something, but I just see vi- like videos of them in this gym with no air conditioning, like in Spain, sweating their faces off. I don't, I don't know if I've told this story on here before. I won't say who it is, um, but it's someone. So <laughs> the people can narrow it down from that. But I remember us going on a holiday, and someone else um, who used to do the podcast a long time ago, um, the bird that he had got with the night before this absolute being nice here being nice here um, I thought he thought he was sort of turning it down and then it's fell on it doesn't really work for the story if not but, no, um, I think you've got to be honest here yeah. Florida woman and, is yeah. just with Greek saying, island with, hang, with being hung over like the next day and I remember obviously you see someone in the evening and you think okay maybe like you're remembering them badly the next day and this person saw her by the pool and um, heaved and was like heaving up <laughs> what he'd had that morning. Which that's you'd think, bad. Well, you'd think that's bad. Her mates came and confronted him later that day and said, we saw what you were doing earlier. Oh, fuck. Well, it's not his fault. If he was genuinely said, ill. Like, I was going to say, I think their, 
They're the ones that fault here because they've associated seeing her with him throwing up. Yeah. He could have just been ill. Exactly. And they thought, well, she's obviously well, grotesque enough. Like, yeah, exactly. I've got an answer that's not like an abnormal thing, but they've gone straight to you're puking because of this, because of well, our mate. Yeah. Well, like, this, this could have possibly been the booze you consumed the night before. <laughs> yeah. It must be my pig of a mate. I mean, it doesn't. I may as well. Uh, I can tell you it's like. <laughs> okay, make, nice. make your own mind up from there. Um, but. I feel like there's no reason for you to have exposed him here, but yeah. it doesn't what? it doesn't forward the story at oh, all. Well, I, I, I may I may mute it out, but, <laughs> but basically I, I'm just just he's, to say Adrian's you, added you know part. you know he he's not very um, discreet at the best of times is basically right. what I'm saying. Got you. So there's no Got way you. they could have mis like misconstrued the right, situation. Okay. So given it, given it the eyes, given it the like, pointed, for, pointed yeah, 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 for, like, this for, is what you've done on. to me. Um, <laughs> But I, I'm being hung over on the one morning and seeing it was like an all inclusive, but not quite all inclusive. At least all inclusive until you really want to drink in the evening and then they stop having it be all inclusive. Mm. But all right. asked for like a bacon egg sandwich or whatever, and that was the closest I've come to heaving. So I was heaving at that. On him dirty there. I mean, look, it's, yeah. I think it's already out there. Maybe I'll take I, maybe I'll take this whole story out. I'm not sure. All the things we've said on this part, I don't think this is the most. No, no. Maybe if you name the girl, yeah, maybe we might have a trickier thing. No, maybe, but I don't think she's going to stumble upon this. Somewhere. Either either people will have heard this story, or I'll leave it to this point and say, you've just missed what a pig someone is. So <laughs> basically, it depends whether I feel bad about How this while editing it. Or how bothered I can be to do editing after we finished. Um, probably helps that I've watched Goodfellas last night, so I don't have two and a half hours to squeeze in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just uh, the hour and a half for kidhood. But that pod will be coming out on Friday. Anyway, news of the week we have until then. Well, that story doesn't really mean much without the conversation we had before we even started this podcast where we were speaking about food and things. So that's why it was on my mind. If people think I've just randomly just... Uh, got into this no no i think it was it was absolutely yeah befitting of the pod i think yeah news of the week then um the thing is if troy told that story people would laugh along i feel like if i say it people are going to be saying it's disgusting i think you're in your own head i quite enjoyed the little anecdote oh i will leave it in there then. um <laughs> but yeah just, I'll, 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 I'll laugh more if troy told it, obviously but that's just you can't have it all i'll mute i'll mute the name i think um anyway news of the week not too much this week but um as always um What's not a lot to us is, is a lot to other people. Um, defendant attempts citizen's arrest on judge during assault trial. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking tails have turned. <laughs> Boots on the other foot now, fucker. How'd you like it? <laughs> Fella. <laughs> I'm placing you under a section 24A. This is for your safety and mine. It's, you're very well versed in that. Has someone said that after you tried to meet someone outside well, we, of Tesco? We, we've spoken more times than we can count about them uh, nonce-catcher videos on this. So um, like, <laughs> yeah. I'm saying it along with them at this point. You know in um, 21 Jump Street where he gets asked to like recite the Miranda, Miranda rights? rights yeah. like, uh, with these nonce-catcher videos, I'm along <laughs> with them. Like... It's honestly... That's a genre I could speak all night about. It's just... It's endless entertainment non-catch videos exactly um, it's a podcast all in itself yeah, it is <laughs> yeah. discussing the, the well, finest someone, the finest collection yeah like play by plays top 20 maybe we should do like a spitballing movie madness just nonce videos <laughs> he's got this one badly yeah. wrong he's gone wrong <laughs> not, here not quite, uh, I keep 
feel like I'm dropping my stuff out. Not, not, nothing nonsense. <laughs> Don't get paranoid now. Um, <laughs> but my idea for the Christmas pod this year, because we have done the whole like traditions thing so many times is um, I want like between now and Christmas, people to send us their Christmas party stories. And, just better. And I'll, I'll distort the voice I'll distort the voice or whatever we need to do and we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll have like, like, a, a, like a, a victim in like yeah. an interview like, well some people when they're this still, is a recreation just put like a black bar across the, the eyes just, if you're like still at your place of work or like you don't feel that you want to have your name attached to these stories if it's so like niche that obviously yeah. they're going to know yeah who's, who's then I just like the idea of them coming on and just telling us these for our that is, that is a phenomenal idea. It would also right. save me a lot of prep because they're doing they're doing okay. storytelling. And I don't know how... I mean, we're going to have like a Hanukkah special, I think, this year because we're, we're all out of Christmas specials. <laughs> <laughs> We've milked that cow for all it's worth, haven't we? Like, it... Don't rule out truly having a Hanukkah story. <laughs> um, well, we've got a 3MP Christmas special. We're going all in this year. We've got a Christmas special for all four pods. Um <laughs> You're feeling very Christmassy. Christmas, yeah. Christmas pods do do numbers essentially. So uh, people are around, and it kind of just. You could just try and get everyone from each pod, just all in one big pod. Jack, I'm I'm already panicking about how I'm going to manage a five man pod this yeah. Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> Let alone, uh, yeah. we haven't got Alex and Troy in the mix there because they're two loose cannons that I just can't handle. Yeah. <laughs> um, rogue grandma breaks bones on slide after sneaking into water park at two a.m. Fair enough. I mean, where you go? Where do you go with that? Um, well, I mean, there's a lot, a lot going on there. She snuck in. Yeah, she's very in. desperate to get on that slide. I mean, it must be a decent water park. I feel like if that old was, or not, she's trespassing. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, if that was told in a different way, it's probably sold as like a nice story. Like, didn't have the chance to go to a water park before. Needed one last time on that water slide, but broke a hip, breaking in, <laughs> and breaking a it. bone. Yeah. These lifeguards aren't as useless as uh, we think they might be. Um, you may have seen this story on Twitter. Uh, photographer deletes entire wedding album after being denied food. Yeah, it's always getting some traction. That's like petty to the level of just impressiveness. I'd be interested to know what the food was because must have been a great spread. He missed out. Yeah, <laughs> like he missed out some really real wild him up. Some real resentment there. Either that or. The wedding's that bad that like nothing else is entertaining him, and he's like, "I need something to be worth my while here." <laughs> if you're not going to give me this, you don't respect me enough. The thing is, though, like I'm sure if he's a wedding photographer, he knows what he's letting himself in for. Like even a boring wedding is like, you yeah, know, you know what yeah. you're getting. You know the gig. They're all pretty much the same. It's just they're made more interesting by if like a relative gets absolutely steaming and like <laughs> yeah. just has outbursts or. <laughs> If a fight kicks off or something. Is that though, if you don't know anyone? Like, if it's you're just surrounded by a hundred very irritating people, that's maybe not the same as, like, if you can see the funny side if you know them. Yeah, it might depend on the crowd, might like, it? Because yeah. it could be quite funny. Because, like, what's one man's drunk annoying. uncle is, is just a, a, a drunk twat to someone else. Yeah, that's, that's, true. that's absolutely true. Yeah. But then, as Jack said, you, you're going to have seen it all, right? Yeah. You're, you're going to be well of it. Unless this is his first gig. <laughs> that's the first gig he has. He He's deleted the album. Oh, fuck this. This isn't for me, actually. I've, I've gone right off the idea. He just goes for the food. Because someone has to be the first wedding. Do you imagine it's like, risky. how annoyed you'd be as the person getting married? Like, you'd have to do it all again. 
We'll just have no, well, guys. This is just a rehearsal. Well, we'll go again next week. This 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 uh, same holiday that I referenced earlier. So callbacks to the intro that may not be here. Um, they essentially <laughs> no it, it, in the room next to us. There was three girls, and they'd come along with one that I Cut. don't think Cut. was their boyfriend, but was like a mate that may have, there may have been some crossover there. Essentially, they'd fallen out like right before the holiday started, and they'd given him the. Well, you're not going to want to come with us yeah, now. So, oh, like, I sell your things. holiday to someone else, one of their other mates. He insisted, I've paid for my holiday. I'm <laughs> going on my holiday. And they essentially thought, and I don't know why they thought it would be a good idea, to just be proper horrible to him. And he would just stay away from them. And so they spent no time with him. But every time they were there, they were telling whoever could hear, like, what a bastard this kid was and how horrible he was and how they didn't want him on this holiday. And we heard this squealing just one day when we come when we come by I realise that that used to sound but I'm terrified they'd they'd, they'd pissed him off one too many times there's a Netflix documentary next thing you know they'd pissed him off one too many times and he just came back and took their digital camera and deleted all the photos that they'd taken for the first four days of the week excellent brilliant excellent and they were obviously we Three of us were pretty irritated by them within about a day. Um, so you so instantly sympathised with this guy. Yeah, me, um, Dawn, and um, Chad um, were quite <laughs> enjoying the situation, whereas other people were like pandering to them. But I've got this idea of you just being on this lad's holiday with like a forty-five-year-old receptionist, <laughs> <laughs> the same Dawn. Rumour has it they all woke up at the crack of dawn. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that that was the equivalent I'd seen. And the upset there, that's... The only pictures they were taking were like, to get a picture of me having a shot at the bar or me around the pool rather than like the most important day of your life. But he he has stuck at the heart of what they want there. He knows. I didn't have to go as dark as I was thinking you yeah, were going. Them, like, exactly. Like he knows what he's done. He's like you've said. I can't hit him. So I've got to do something. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. One of them, uh, like military things that uh, they'd have in a film, and people would like quote with like Tom Hardy on top of it. Is like never show your weakness. And this <laughs> yeah. is the one thing yeah. they've obviously said. Like. <laughs> I love the fact that we got these pictures. Sh- it's going to be so weak great. These, this holiday is only because of the pictures, lads. And I just like, go oh, in there and like, great. no one's going to know we've been. Like, if we go on holiday, no one takes a picture. Yeah. Did we really go on holiday? It, it never happened. I reckon that lad must have just thought, you know what, I'm going to go out there and pull. Like, I'm going to make my own friends. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I wonder, did that happen? Well, to be fair, we we would, he we must have gone out on his own. Yeah. We would see him going out on the night. We would see him just popping up like that kid in the first in-betweeners movie. I was just about to say very, that. yeah. It was, you should have had him out with you, really. have a show at your place. Oh, we heard that he's just a maniac, so like, we want to know part of that. But <laughs> every time we did, it was like a nice little like Easter egg just see him popping up every now and then like we saw him at one time with like um, like a side character in a, in a video game <laughs> yeah, I remember we saw we went him went to him for a mission halfway through the night I remember we saw him with like a um, quad bike helmet on. Well, that's quite cool he's going quad biking in a day he's having a good time to himself and no, I think that was the then same. he was just headbutting a girl with it. Yeah, yeah, you know. I think that was the same day so, oh that's not down. so nice got the helmet but no quad bike just walking around with the helmet on um, Think, thinking of that wedding thing that the replies to that was such classic Twitter where I actually hated both sides of the <laughs> argument. Where this woman was like, what is absolute minimum requirement you should provide food? And then another one was like, no, it's not. It's not part of the job. I'm paying him. Bring a packed lunch or stuff. You know, we should both just stop being arseholes. <laughs> this is the thing. Like, if you watch the South Park episode with the trolls um, when they come from Denmark 
and it's um I think it's Kyle's dad who becomes like the ultimate <laughs> troller. And he's like, it's not about what the, the reactions to the posts. It's about the reactions to the reactions <laughs> to the reactions of the post. And that is exactly right. Like yeah. you just find people scrapping around like, absolutely this minuscule amount of detail from the original post. And I just have none of it now. <laughs> well, I look at it and I look at all these replies and I see like actual people replying to like finally Firmino with like he's yeah. got like 40 followers yeah. and the picture of Firmino's faces is DP I'm like you've got nothing better to do yeah. <laughs> like honestly well I saw I, uh, there was like a video I think it was like Lab Bible posted it and it was like how they take the pictures for like a sports um, like advert where it's like flames around like a football or something um, and all these amazing uh, photographs and the caption was, uh, this is what happens when you feed your photographer. And someone had quoted me and that was like, this is the best thing about Twitter. Like, y- you have to be up to date with the most like, yes. minuscule yeah. joke to get this. Because obviously that makes no sense otherwise. Yeah. But if you are in on it, it's hilarious. That is so true. Um, yeah, everything's quite niche. Mafia bosses worry for future as soft millennial mobsters prefer texting to pistol whipping. <laughs> <laughs> It makes for a very different Goodfellas. It's a very dull movie. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see what he said about him? Oh. <laughs> He's not sleeping tonight. Bosnian man built a rotating house to meet his wife's demands for a beautiful view. <laughs> I don't know how they get it to rotate or anything, but... I need to know how fit that's the headline. Is she still not happy? <laughs> I mean... Um, it was a nice break from everything, say the two men rescued after 29 days lost at sea. I saw this as well. Yeah. The thing That's is, excellent. if like you knew that you were going to be rescued and you didn't have that stress, you could just sit back and enjoy... Because <laughs> they were on this like, archipelago, weren't they? On this I don't know. I tiny like, strip like of land pie. with just like palm trees and coconuts and stuff like that. Yeah. And you think, you know what, for 29 days... I'd do that if I knew that I was being rescued at the end of it. It's the st- I guess it's the stress of the not knowing... It would have been an incredible thing if one of them panicked and killed the other. <laughs> and he gets found like two days in. Yeah. He's like, well, it's two days, mate. Can you have coped? If I look, I didn't know what was going to so happen. St. Like. Michael's Mountain, like, <laughs> off Cornwall. Yeah. Like, just panics, mate. Just, every man for himself now. Yeah, but that was... People said the polar bear was what stopped them watching Lost as if everything else wasn't too much, which I've said plenty of times before as a Lost fan. How calm everyone was after the plane crashing, like, immediately is mm. the most mental thing about mm. that. Like... People are ready to like hunt for food like twenty minutes after crashing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, Looking at the fire guy, thinking, okay, gone early. It's like the black smoke as well. Like the first reaction to that, they weren't half as shocked as I thought they should be. I've just had a message from Dawn. He's concerned he's being uh, shown in a bad light on the podcast. But look, if you're a pig, you get shown up as a pig. Oh, I, f- I think it's okay. Um, it's all right. <laughs> Man ordered 100 tacos on first date, then asked the woman to pay for them to see if she was the one. Touche. Well played. Yeah. I bet she didn't play it. I bet she did. 100 tacos is a lot. <laughs> I need to find these Mexican fast food restaurants. It's literally we, my favourite food. We, if he takes down 100 tacos, yeah. you'll soon find out if she's the one. Yeah, if she sticks true. around with the results, yeah. as well, that's going to follow. We had um, like, this weird little like, interlude on one of the Movie Madness pods recently with me and Keenan, where he was just telling me about how the night before he was doing that thing you keep seeing in the uh, like Mexican food videos of like cooking the tortillas in like the beef drippings and uh, mm, right 
it was just a like little ten minute segment of him just explaining how he cooked it and how nice it was, and then we just got back to <laughs> got back to the film, and he was oh, telling nice. me about how it went wrong and what he'd change next time. There's a Taco Bell outside Charles's ground, and I'm still yet to go. And like Mexican right? my favorite food, I was looking at it, and I think I don't want to be sat in my seat after eating a Taco Bell taco. I, I said on the last 3MP, I've seen nothing more daring than being with Troy and him going to a jerk chicken stand outside the Emirates pre-game. Ooh. Knowing that he's got that coach journey on the way back. Well, it was, we were in the car, but even still, like, not for me. <laughs> You're not doing that on your best day. Yeah. <laughs> for an Arsenal game. I'm not doing that if I've got work the next day. If I've got a long journey, I'll eat gruel. And that's literally it. Something that my stomach can take. Um... It's just a tackle on that desert island. Luke's thinking, look, you know what? <laughs> yeah. Facilities aren't great right here. Maybe I'll just leave this. <laughs> Consider starving. Siri, I was just hearing um, two people on the island debate whether you can piss in the sea and I'm thinking, <laughs> <laughs> don't go in there, boys. <laughs> um, if someone's watching, I can't. <laughs> uh, one that might make uh, Dawn look in a better light here. Um, husband found guilty of murdering wife with poisonous snake. That is some serious prep. Like, that isn't like a crime of passion or anything. Like, that is... It's cold-blooded, literally. To plan that out is some doing. So, you're claiming this is making Dawn look better because he hasn't killed a woman with a poisonous snake. Is that that the levels we're at? He just heaved at one. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I mean, if if I went to to Zante now, there's probably people who'd heave at me if I was... uh, been with their mate the night before. They'd be yeah, doing exactly. the same way. Exactly. It's the way the world works. Man who lived on raw meat, including chicken, for three years, said his body is just filled with energy. I mean, I'll take his word for that. There's nothing else in it. It just goes straight through him. Yeah. <laughs> so salmonella and energy. How has he survived? That's maybe, incredible. In fact. Maybe he's like leveled up. Maybe it's like, this is what we've been doing wrong. Like <laughs> yeah. the whole, maybe he's just evolved. And his body now just works like 110 Funny you say that, would be the next message from the government, is that we're levelling up, uh, it's raw food, yeah. everyone now. No, <laughs> I saw, no cooking should go on in this yeah, country no now. No gas or electric in <laughs> I saw a thing earlier that was quoted with like, are we supposed to pretend this is normal? It was like, Christmas supplies you can get now to freeze ready for your Christmas dinner. And it was like, prepare your gravy now and freeze it because you may <laughs> oh, not have it. Oh, prepare God. your turkey now and get it cooked and frozen so it's all ready in case you don't have the supplies later on. It's, this isn't normal. Yeah. <laughs> we shouldn't be having these discussions. I said having a field day though. Thinking, <laughs> this is our bread and butter. It's like they said the other day about like, there's no fuel shortage. It's like, well, there is. <laughs> like, it's like, oh no, no, it's just a supply chain issue. It's like, well, there's a shortage in my petrol tank. I mean, it doesn't matter. The modern day. We can phrase it differently if you yeah, want. Exactly. Guns don't kill people, rappers do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, accused cabin cannibal jailed for botched castration of volunteer. That rolls off the tongue. That's the headlines <laughs> you tune in for. <laughs> where to even start? There's a lot to unpack there. Well, I know where he started. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Unless yeah, it yeah. went wrong, maybe it's not to go wrong. Um, <laughs> a group of violent otters is mysteriously attacking people in Alaska. What the hell? I th- always thought they were like, maybe it's like the um, Christmas critters from South Park. Again, yeah. Where 
the cute thing is just go around just killing yeah. everyone. <laughs> if you can't handle a lot, I think maybe it was your time anyway. Yeah. I think uh, we did the what's the biggest size animal you could go against on the pub before, and Alex stuck up with a cheetah. Never thought over that. He's got me going, maybe, I don't know, take down a sheep or something. <laughs> and he's going, a cheetah sure with a straight face. I'm pretty sure he then leveled down to a stag. <laughs> <laughs> How many? How many? Otters? They're not that big. And you're like, well, look, it doesn't matter. They're just to maul you. How many otters do you think it would take to take you down, or how many otters do you reckon you could like outfight? I'm, I'm back in. I don't know. I reckon we're getting towards fifty. I could take you on fifty a, otters. I think otters are. Can we, I think could handle them. No can problem. we put a flight to Alaska on the expenses and just <laughs> yeah. see how TK fares? Yeah, these are violent otters. I'm going their backyard as well. So yeah. you go fight yeah, exactly. that in. Fighting on their top. <laughs> They've got fans. Yeah. Um, Hostile crowd over there. There was a bloke in my office today who's quite quiet and he just said like... Sort of, the, the most usual, dangerous type of guy in your life. What did you do this weekend? Um, and he said, I saw a weasel on the weekend. And uh, someone else in there was like... Um, Not odd at all. I, like, I, I don't even um, know what they look like really. And... Uh, He's like, you've probably you've probably seen one before, maybe uh, mistaken it with a squirrel. Weaselly done. Dead silence. <laughs> no. Dead. Oh no. Not even not even acknowledged. Not, not, a pity laugh. not even acknowledged. Not even acknowledged. Why, why did you not laugh at that? You've got to surely I back did, him up. But there. I also oh, enjoyed the silence. Right. So I laughed after he left. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> what a piece of work you are. <laughs> you could have thrown them out of lifeline. Oh, it's literally like So she's that sort of joke is your bread and butter. Like ten and minutes, you're, you're yeah. doing that. Ten minutes later I was still cracking up. <laughs> <laughs> but just just the whole thing together. Yeah, I mean that whole package. Him being a quiet guy and doing that is quite something. Um, I haven't seen a weasel in a long time. But I'm not sure I'm confusing it with a squirrel. Well, yeah, that seems a rash. I think we'll have one on Thursday okay. podcast. Yeah, <laughs> excellent. You can now rent fat people in Japan. <laughs> I mean, that oh, to do what with? <laughs> is it? <laughs> What's the experiment? Yeah, yeah. And, don't, and don't tell me you don't read past the headline what? because no. I know you do. No, I don't. A couple of weeks ago, you read past the headline on what? Some of them, like, if I don't see it while actually preparing for the pod, then I read past right. when I'm getting them specifically for the pod. But the headlines we have on here, like, Japan just seems completely perplexed with fat people. Remember we had the one where they set up the buffet and if if the basically the bigger yes. you were, the more you paid because yes. you had to, like, fit through this barrier to see whether you pay Incredible. this price or that yeah. price. They just seem like they, they haven't quite worked out fat people yet. <laughs> it's great, isn't it? It's, it's just... Those, like, kind of cubicle hotels as well. Like, you're not getting a fat guy in one of those. No, you're not. Yeah. That, yeah, yeah. You're not fitting in. I mean, speaking of chunks, um, Megan Trainer said she had two toilets installed side by side in her home for her and her husband to use together. Jack, you live I'm... with your missus. <laughs> yeah. You were doing your house up... Is that? Did you consider that when? Uh, no, I, I have to say no. Um, <laughs> Presumably, you wanted to yeah, stay with him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Strangely, I mean, the fallout from from most of it. I mean, we wouldn't really survive. I don't think. <laughs> kind of like an extinction event, mass suicide. There you go. There's your news of the week. <laughs> what a treat! All right. So, I mean, the other big news headline, other than that, last week. Um, Newcastle United have finally been taken over. Mike Ashley is gone after 14 difficult, contentious years on Tyneside. The new owners are in place and are backed by the financial might of the Saudi Arabian state. 
Send him to Japan. See if they can work him out. <laughs> yeah. so study it. The owners, you would think, have the potential to be transformative for the club, whether that's as big as Newcastle fans hope. But you would hope at least they will do more than what Steve Bruce described a few weeks ago as ticking along in the Premier League. And I feel he may have signed his death warrant with just... Uh, that quote there in terms of... Uh, bit weird the owners aren't inspired by that. Yeah. <laughs> Strange. Um, you, you mean I'm not the guy for this multi-billion yeah. pound takeover? So Mike Ashley has sold Newcastle for pretty much the same price as was agreed uh, last year, 300 million. Um, wow. And to the same purchases. Um, the- I mean, just, just to stop you there, I mean, going back to Steve Bruce, I would love to see him manage a front line of We're going to get on to Steve Bruce. Imagine like how confused they'd be by this. <laughs> I'd love to see Mbappe, like, sat behind the ball. I'm <laughs> impressed. We had a whole chat about weddings earlier and didn't mention Steve Bruce. That, of course, honestly, yeah. I was looking back through that account the other day, strangely enough. Brilliant. Absolutely phenomenal. The one of him on the boat in Venice... It's one of my favourite ones, yeah. Steve Bruce. The actual Williams. Steve Bruce, our Weddings Twitter account, was one of the first followers of the Spitballing Pod page on Twitter. Really? <laughs> yeah. That's excellent. Unreal. I feel great about that. Um, I think I tweeted about it on there, uh, like years after it died down, and the guy yes. must just have been searching, is anyone still talking about this? <laughs> and there I was. One of, one of those accounts where you just think, this is the best one yet. Yeah. And it just keeps getting better. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the, the wealth, in theory makes Newcastle the richest club on the planet. Um, I can't get my head around that. So, Amanda... We wanted to be the richest club. (laughs) Yeah, I I can't get my head... Fuck you guys. You know all of these years of Newcastle saying that they're a big club and they deserve to be up in Europe and all this kind of stuff when actually they haven't even put any substance behind that. Whereas now it's kind of like... Well, shit. Oh, karma for laughing on. Yeah. <laughs> came out to bite us bad. Well, the thing with um, Mike Ashley, and probably the reason, never particularly seemed that enthused with being the Newcastle owner. There's the whole thing where he bought them, I think, for £129 million and didn't do any yeah. due diligence on the club and didn't know they were around £100 million in debt. <laughs> the, the sellers at the time obviously didn't tell him that Ashley. seems a little odd for Ashley considering whatever Ashley might think of him knows when to strike on, yeah. a, on a vulnerable business well he's already looking at Derby isn't he I mean just when you, I mean there is a very much a please Mike they're already dead the Derby fans are just rock bottom and they see him go no no no, no. stomping down the street with so, a sports direct bag like slung over his shoulder well that that's literally Newcastle was just the best advertising he had for sports direct mm. pretty much um Amanda Staveley, the club's new director and public face, has declared an ambition to win trophies, including the Premier League, within five to ten years. Um, I'm a bit sick of seeing her already, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> she looks like a Bond villain. Like She, she does. Yeah. yeah. She the type of woman like, there'd be a real piece of work in the movie that you wouldn't be too much yeah. She's the husband of... Uh, the, husband, the wife of um, the Saudi buyer. Makes a lot of sense. It could be. One of... Yeah. Um, so they've needed obviously a lot of investment as we've heard from the fans in that time, not just to the playing staff, obviously, but the training ground, the academy has had no work done to it in a decade. And it, it needs to literally be flattened and rebuilt rather than added on to and... Kid out with Sports Direct merch. What's the issue? <laughs> the training ground. It's big mugs everywhere. Some Sunday Coast stuff down there. Yeah. <laughs> it's been easy to forget 
in the last few days. The fact that Newcastle are second bottom in the Premier League, winless this season. I haven't forgotten. They've won seven of their last 37 matches and have looked like relegation fodder for much of 2021. I thought they'd go down. I thought this... Wouldn't it be great if they go down? Well, <laughs> my brother will be listening to they this episode and he is happen. utterly convinced that Jack just hates Newcastle. It's not that. It's not that I hate Newcastle. It's just... No matter what you say here is going to convince him. Apart from... Well, it's a little bit like Steve thinks I hate West Brown. We're not, yeah. uh, sorry, West Ham. West Brown. I, <laughs> I do also hate West I Brown. Hate I West. actually do hate West Brown. <laughs> what do you do for Steve, Ginger Wrights in the 2000s? I fucking hate West Brown. Uh, um, yeah, no, Steve does think I hate West Ham because I want, I said one bad thing about... I've everyone in that group. I'm probably one of the bigger advocates for West Ham. People actually do hate them in our, in our spitballing group. I, I don't hate Newcastle. I just... Like, apart from finishing runners-up to Liverpool, like, back in the 90s or, like, late 80s. You didn't finish runners-up to us, I can promise you that. Uh, no, the, <laughs> no, you know, like, the 4-3, the yes, season yeah. with Kevin Keegan. Like, that season I'm thinking about, where they came close to doing something but never really did. I mean, I can't remember the last time they actually won a trophy that wasn't, like, we'll get the there. championship or the playoffs or something. So, literally the 50th, but I believe. the only reason why I dislike Newcastle so much is because... But he doesn't hate them, just, yeah. just to clarify. Yeah. Because we always lose, just a strong we always lose oh, okay. them in a shit game. It's like... They do have your number. A 5.30 kickoff on a Saturday away at Newcastle and we lose like 1-0. That always happens. Well, the owner's immediate concern obviously has to be survival. There's no point taking over how the infrastructure to blow up and then being in the championship where you can't attract anyone. Um, obviously, if Newcastle can clear of the bottom three pretty swiftly then they can reassess their goals but for now winning a match is probably <laughs> the first thing start. they need to worry about um, playing reinforcements obviously can't come in until January unless they're going to go into the free agency market which it's not quite like the NBA there isn't a lot out there I mean Will Nicola she? and Kulu picked up by Watford is deemed as probably one of the bigger free agents so mm. that's about as good as it gets there I guess that big change could be a manager, isn't it? That's something they can it's, affect It's now. like you're reading what I've got in front of me and no, no. jumping on me. Seamless. So, yeah, yeah what I had done, the only option they You've really You've already stolen his thunder. Yeah, yeah, you can see it on the Yeah, I'll, just, I'll, sh- I'll shut up, I'll be right. Change the head coach yeah. and that can bring at least some positive impact on the field. Um, you'd think it would make sense by the fact if they want to kind of cut ties with the Ashley... Newcastle, they can't axe the entire squad as much as they probably should for all bar about three, four players. Um, it is a bit harsh that it's going to be Steve Bruce's 1,000th game if he manages against Spurs. But, I mean, we were hearing the rumours about him being sacked before the takeover was even completed. So I guess it just depends how quickly they can get someone through the door. Um Supposedly, there is still some debate internally as to whether they sack him now or they wait. But I think if you're going to sack him, I think, put yeah. the man out of his misery. Yeah, I think his race is run, isn't it? Just take him out to the pastures and just <laughs> with a shotgun and just that's that. There you go. Uh, hang around. Another buck. Yeah. Prey on uh, running. Careful, I might downfall. be literal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. Because I think not even the investors expected it to move this quickly after the the being sports piracy deal kind of uh, resolved itself, I guess. Um, so they didn't have anyone lined up already. Supposedly they want someone with Premier League experience, but they'd rather 
more quality than just settle for someone. Mm. Um, I, th- I think this is the thing, isn't it? Because before now, they were thinking of like, Eddie Howe and Graham well, Potter, what, things like that. Whereas now they've... Don't put I, Graham I, Potter in with, with Eddie Howe. That's, that's very well, no, disrespectful. But, no, but what I'm thinking of is like they're now saying, right, let's go and get Antonio Conte. And I'm thinking, oh, I, this is just so, the weirdest yeah, thing. Got, <laughs> Why not the Twilight Zone? Yeah, I've, I've got a bit on kind of what they're saying inside rather than like the mail of what they're saying essentially what they wanted to do last summer was get it done get Rafa in the door and that's how they wanted they wanted okay. to go um, if they didn't get Rafa they actually wanted Mikel Arteta who they assumed was going to be sacked by Arsenal um, <laughs> get him in there yeah I mean I, I agree with you so <laughs> what they really want to do and this is why maybe Bruce will live to fight another match is they want a sporting director in there and they want a sporting director that can work with the manager that they do have. Um, Ralph Rangnick, I mean, the the book is odds, uh, like it's not worth placing a bet as to whether they're going to get him in. And that'd be bigger than any signing they can make in January. You look at the work he did at Leipzig Mm. where they got these great investors, but they didn't go out and spend money on like 400 grand a week on Chris Samba or like they didn't (laughs) go the QPR. Excellent. That, that, that's what I was thinking. I hope they do go QPR about this and just. Well, I wish they could have tested the fans' resolve and brought in Dennis Wise as a sporting director. Yeah. <laughs> just to see, here we go again, guys. Well, it seems. Key, good what you're doing. Within these investors, they they aren't foolish enough to think they can just chuck money about and it's suddenly going to sort itself. Um, they recognise there isn't really anyone inside the club that knows football, which is quite a damning indictment, but no one certainly in the business side of things that can deal with a task of this size. Rangnick is obviously a guy that's done it before. There's other ones out there. You look at um, Luis Campos would be another mm. great one. He's the guy that built that Monaco side that won yep. the league over there. Um, essentially a lot of that era of French players he's brought in and around to the other big clubs. What they also need to do is look at someone you would think that is happy to be a head coach rather than a manager if they're going down the sport and director route, which I don't think Conte was ever a realistic possibility anyway, but I'm not sure he's going to be happy with someone else picking his players. Um, I think it's weird because you usually think Newcastle, just geographically, and the job they've got in their hands, not many people are going to want it, but to basically have a blank checkbook, and a squad of players that they can just get rid of what? and chop. Like, that's quite an appealing like, proposition for most coaches, I would say. Essentially, what I've got here is I can tell you now how much they can actually spend. Right. And then we'll go through who they should appoint, yeah. realistic transfers and that kind of thing. So they can actually spend a fairly substantial amount. So well, from, yeah, they've from what... The benefit of Ashley is probably that they're they're in a fairly yeah. alright position so, in terms of what we can we spend. We know out. you can't go and do a Chelsea or a City anymore. You you literally can't do it. You can't do a PSG anymore. Mm. There are so many rules in place, and I imagine it'll be harder for the next club that do it because the likes of Daniel Levy supposedly are kicking up a right stink about just the fact that Newcastle have been able to get these investors through mm. the door. Um, they can spend mathematically around two hundred million if they wanted to, before be having to be concerned about any financial fair play issues. So is financial fair play just on transfer spend or is it also on how I've got much that infrastructure? For you. I've got that for ah, you here. Nice. I've, uh, I've done more research than I've ever intended to do on Newcastle <laughs> and their owners. Um, 
because we know for years Ashley has wanted to get rid of Newcastle more than staying in the league really his sole business model has been to make them the ideal club for ambitious owners to take over mm. in this age of FFP um, they employed a guy called uh, Justin Barnes who for the last five years has just been tasked with streamlining everything to make them as bare and take over take as possible just to the point where you don't have to worry about any kind of control if you do take over there's no limits in place. Like if you take over Everton now, and this is the issue that's happened um, since they've got their majority shareholding, they've been so awfully run that blowing like 50 million on Sigurdsson just ruined them for about three years. Yeah. Um, and then they still went and spent 40 on Iwobi. So that's a club that is awfully run. Um, a quote from Kieran Maguire, a football finance lecturer at the University of Liverpool. Um, he said the Mike Ashley model was one of trying to make the club sustainable. If you inherited a club that was losing lots of money, you got no real room to invest because of FFP, as you can imagine. With Newcastle, it's the opposite. In the last three years for the accounts that we do have, Newcastle made an overall profit of £38 because Ashley was so tight, it just meant now someone can come in and just put their foot straight on the accelerator. Um when you say they can comfortably spend around 200 million without worrying about FFP, that isn't even just on transfers. So they can go over that in terms of increasing salaries. Their wage bill was 121.1 million for the 1920 season, which was 12th in the Premier League. Um, the 200 million incorporates that 38 million profit plus an additional 50 million of adjustments for academy fees and selling and all that kind of thing. So they can even afford to now lose 105 million over the next three seasons and still spend wow. that level. So I was going to say, like that adds to the, the prospect, doesn't it, of having like a really state-of-the-art training ground. Well, this is even just academy. for now. So as more money comes in, they can go over that 200 million net on transfers. Um, they've also got more room to invest off the pitch because infrastructure actually doesn't count towards FFP. And this is why you're supposed to be able to then do your academy. Like, bettering the club off the pitch in terms of FFP is just off the books. So you can pump as much money you want into your new training ground, your new youth facilities and all of this. And it just doesn't count at all. So I guess the hope is you spend that 200 million and by the time you've spent that, your academy and everything is starting to do at least some work to get it so you don't have to continually spend that amount Mm. Um, this then you'd imagine they'll get more sponsorships now you'd imagine they'll get more income just into the because people actually want to see the team again you'll have loads of companies that the Saudis own ploughing money straight into them like Qatar Airways and Etihad do with City and PSG well City have probably fucked them somewhat because they have all these cheating ways they have where these companies just get made and mysteriously they have one team they want to sponsor and pump about 80 million in out of nowhere strange Um, yeah it's weird how that happens so there's going to be more eyes on Newcastle than there's been for any other takeover which is quite unfair their fans will argue but this is what happens when you're getting late yeah they haven't complained about it at all though so that's been nice (laughs) exactly seen as many crying about people being upset about a takeover yeah. celebrating a takeover just because someone's not happy about you celebrating your birthday just go and have a, enjoy yeah. your party don't worry about it 
I think what Newcastle fans do need to realise is it's not going to be in one window. Like, no matter mm. what the Sun put in their pages of the team Newcastle could have going into February next year, they aren't going to have a team <laughs> of superstars. And I just, I find it hilarious that obviously Mbappe is a free agent at the end of the year and like yeah. the fact that that could actually happen, like the amount of money they're able to offer him would be a joke. What they, they, the athletics say... There is a kitty in place for January, but it's believed to be in the low tens of millions rather than the hundred. They aren't going to be bent over a barrel and just get themselves off to a horrible place. January is not the transfer window to spend a hundred million, is it? They'll probably spend more money and it won't be on that type of player if they believe they are going to struggle to stay up and they need to waste it on. So the better they do, the less they're probably going to spend. Yeah, Yeah, I, I mean, in the sense of they're probably more likely to spend... 40 million on someone from the championship in January rather than waiting Christ mm. spend it properly um, fans have now pointed out that the richest club in the world has a club record signing of Joe Linton <laughs> wow I mean I'm going to feel sorry for that guy when he goes that was worse before they were richest club in the world <laughs> yeah record signing was Joe Linton when you didn't have money <laughs> the, the Athletic essentially say Newcastle fans should probably brace themselves for the idea that by the end of next season Joe Linton is still going to be their record signing they aren't going to go in January and spend upwards of 40 million on one single player if they I think the intentions are good what, I think they're going to realise how they, shit this team is have they heard of this player called Ross Barkley well so <laughs> you love him guys in 2020 there was a short list of players that Newcastle intended to target for that summer when they were hoping to get it through, still be in the league. And that consisted of Ferran Torres was number one on the list. Believe they'd been in contact with him. Uh, Nathan Ake was another target. Callum Wilson and Joe Willock were still targets on the list there before they'd even been in the club. Um, so Maximin and Dubravka, I don't know why Dubravka's in the same conversation there, but they've supposedly <sighs> been quite enthused by the takeover news. They've been told, look, expect you're going to have some high quality players with you soon enough don't be getting ideas about going elsewhere it's worth the ride to stay here if you want to keep Dubravka you don't want to worry about that one if you want an idea about Newcastle squad they have four goalkeepers registered this season can't be too careful and there's an article in The Athletic today from uh, Nedo Manoa the uh, ex-City player saying look don't get scared and leave just because a takeover's happened. I regret doing that. Um, he said, get excited by it, see it out. And uh, that's very much guy in a bar. Yeah. yeah. Nah, just look, don't, don't leave. Whatever you do, lads, worst thing I ever did. They, they point out that it was relatively easy for Abramovich coming in. He had an open checkbook at the time. Only two clubs had ever won the Premier League title, Arsenal United. And Blackburn. Yeah. That was still in the league, I suppose. Um, Boach is going to be listening. I had yeah. to. <laughs> uh, neither Man City nor Chelsea had FFP to limit their spending. For Newcastle, there's going to be at least six elite clubs to overcome, at least in terms of spending power, whether that, you want to call Arsenal or Spurs elite. That, that, that's the thing, isn't it? Because like with Chelsea, we it was back when transfer fees weren't mental either. We get well, pick, up, pick up like Michael Ballack on a free, or you'd pick like Mike Gillespie up on for like. Eight, eight, nine million. 32 million was considered like outrageous for Shevchenko at the time. So it's even now you've got Everton and Leicester to get over before you yeah. look at toppling the spending power of Arsenal and Spurs. 
Because regardless of what you say about Arsenal and Spurs, I mean, we've just spent 150 million in the transfer window and we're still talking about we should have been spending more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think as well that they're going to really struggle with being in the northeast of England. It's like, how would you sell that to I, Mbappe? I'm not Griezmann or something like that. As convinced on that, I no, think I'm not, I'm I think not. the big city thing helps, and I think they got people to go to Middlesbrough. Yeah, Janine, I mean, Janine, yeah exactly yeah. like Ravenelli and stuff like that. Yeah, Big Sam got people to go to Bolton. Yeah. <laughs> we've seen even as well. JJ Kocha. The retirement. Do you want to retire in Spain? No, come to Bolton. It's, it's not even. <laughs> it's not even like you're going to stay somewhere that's like in the sticks. Like you're staying somewhere that's still a big city, still like yeah. an expensive. They just tell them that look, it's not far from London, <laughs> and they just never specify. They just go, well, look, you can get on a train. You can. <laughs> they basically just tell him before. That's what they did with Janinia. They said it's like a commute. It's cold and that's it. It's not quite true, but... Um, I guess the first thing they do have to do is pick who they want in charge. Who they can get now, whether you get someone... like As disrespectful as it sounds, if they could have got Rafa in to keep them up this season and then thought, okay, depending on who's interested in coming, we'll look at someone a bit more glamorous. That really is disrespectful. Well, I think with, with Rafa and... It's baffling. PR ways that'd be tricky. It's baffling. Giving it to the Newcastle yeah. fans and him to use him and then. It's even baffling that he was considered in the first place. And as as good as he was there, you've seen what he can do. Like a guy bringing in massive owners and then saying you've got Rafa to spend the cash is <laughs> oh, look, horrific. Look, couldn't pick his nose. I learned a player. What? I say this. Graham Sounds are looking at great. Yeah. But <laughs> did not do that for us. I can confirm. The, 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 a lot of misses. The guy I know that's an Everton fan is is still just not getting on board with that. He's like, I followed Everton long enough to know this won't uh, last. No, it, it won't <laughs> last. No. No, he's well, absolutely right. To even some that. Newcastle fans are shocked that Joe Willick isn't scoring every game anymore. Um, as if only someone could have told them that would be the case. Um, the list supposed the pl- the manager supposed on a short list. Um, Steven Gerrard. Yeah, we've seen Brendan come to Leicester mid-season um, from Celtic. Do you think Gerrard could be tempted? We've seen he seemed like he was waiting for the right job in England. I think he's smart enough to know Jurgen's probably not going anywhere soon. And he's not going to want to stay in Scotland, I don't think, until there. He's going to have to roll the dice at some point. And I think even if he does an okay job, the Liverpool job's there. Yeah. Um, the issue they have is that they want someone to come in now and they have to get to January. And I was reading something that was kind of comparing the tactics of these managers and how they could work with the players they currently have. And Steven Gerrard's tactics are as centred on the fullbacks as Klopp when you look at like the usage and where the goals come from, Newcastle's fullbacks are Jamal Lewis and Matt Ritchie. <laughs> Tavernier would probably be the first signing, wouldn't it, mm. if you did that? So, because <laughs> people yeah. rave about him over in Scotland yeah. and they yeah. need to, he'd be that, that next gap where it's not, you know, you're not signing Danny yeah. Alves in his prime, but you're getting yeah. the next step up from what Newcastle are. Well, that's what Jamal Lewis was supposed to be, to be fair. <laughs> All of those Norwich yeah. players, Ben Godfrey, Max Ahrens, Buendia, there was wanted by AC Milan. He was wanted by Barca and Bayern yeah. and they rejected bids from both of them after oh. selling everyone else. <laughs> You'd be raging. You'd be oh, absolutely so raging. Um, I'm, I'm, You'd be murdering Delia. Yeah. You'd be murdering her. A bit on a cooking show and then cooking <laughs> her for everyone to see. I'm, I'm a huge 
Graham Potter fan, and I do think if you want some Premier League experience, then he's he's the guy to go for, particularly if you pair him with a savvy sporting director, because the signings he's making already are impressive, and he's mm, getting yeah. the most out of every single one of them. To, to have someone that flopped in the SPL and make them look a solid centre-back in your system is freakish. Yep. That shouldn't be a thing. Um, do you think, and we can get onto this in a bigger picture, but just in a short, do you think he'd leave Brighton for Newcastle now? Where both clubs are, I don't think so. I, I just, Brighton, are, I know it's not going to, potentially not going to last, but the way they've been going this season, I don't think he'd want to leave them straight away. But then again, yeah, is someone, that train going to come along again for? Uh, there's that, and if someone offers you X amount of millions, that is going to be like a three, four time pay rise over what he's on at Brighton. That's going to be hard to say no to. Mm. CK, if you're Graham Potter, maybe if this happened in the summer, you're pleased with Brighton, you stay there. Do you think the fact that what he's done so far, the way the football he plays, even more than the accomplishments, do you think not even being approached by Spurs would shake you up a bit? So when the next big offer comes in, and I'm not even saying that in a joking way, like when they're approaching like six managers and you're not one of them and you're considered to have this CV, you get everyone better, the football you play is nice. I think I think you'd be offended. I joked about it in the summer. I think you'd be offended if you weren't approached by Spurs in the summer. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. His, I do think this season his stock is going up continually as well. Mm. I, I will say, I think he's viewing, he's, even though it's only a short period of time, probably viewed even better now than he was in the summer. They go on another losing run. and this is only, only this time last year, they were having that thing of their Cranberry's chances, their XG's high, but they're somehow finding a way to lose games. Mm. Whereas um, now they seem to have resolved that a little bit more. His reputation is going up. I forever point though to Wenger at one point saying that he would have no issue with Eddie Howe being the man to replace him and other man can't can't get a Celtic job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, your stock can quickly fall. Yeah. I, I've, I've said before, never forget, Owen Coyle at one point is being talked about as a future Arsenal manager. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that plummeted quick. So it, it can, can it? But I, I tend to think, is that not um, them sort of falling back into rank? Like, how good was Eddie Howe yeah. all along? Was he ever a future England manager or was he just quite a good manager? Is probably where he's at. Whereas I think, I agree with your views the, on Graham Potter. I think he is destined for a thing, big job. The thing with... Um, Graham Potter and it's, it's, it might be a silly thing to cling on to but I remember you saying it with um, Chris Wilder and hey, maybe it's not a bad show um, you said that it's, it's not like it's just success at one club and you explained the previous clubs you've yeah. had and the success you'd had at implementing the football Graham Potter taking not even like a half decent Spanish side he, he took a half decent Swedish side to the Emirates and regardless of what you say about Arsenal a team of international players and played us off the park. Yeah, they yeah, yeah. they only just went out on. Uh, I think we had a like a three in the first leg, and they beat us two 0 at home. Mm. But the football they played across the two legs was enough where you're like, this is something to take hold of. And I remembered his name, and then he went to Swansea and he played nice football there. And at, at Brighton now, they really have no right to no, be no, doing. No, what we were saying doing. last week, weren't we, with yeah. the, the Arsenal Brighton game that. It's not a shock that they have the possession no. and play Arsenal. And when you look at it, that's one manager who's coaching everything out of that squad mm. and one who's not really getting the best out of that. If I see Chelsea play Brighton away now, maybe not Chelsea. So, so when I see Spurs 
go away to Brighton. I'm not even thinking it's like, hopefully they can nick something. Like, I'm disappointed when they don't nick something yeah, from them. And yeah, yeah. not even nick something, that's even harsh saying that. The way they play... You're, you're surprised if they have less of the ball than a big team most of the time, other than, you know, City. I, I look at that Brighton lineup as well, and I don't see, m- like, major differences between the current Newcastle lineup and the Brighton uh, lineup. No, no. Like, the qu- Newcastle one. Individual players, yeah. they've not got I've, a lot. When you look at that Newcastle squad, and I did this with Harry yesterday, um, he's quite good, he couldn't come on actually, but that squad's worse than you can even believe it is. And until you go... <laughs> I was very vocal in the summer of how bad I thought but it was. I mean, even... <laughs> Most people... I mean, even comparing it to that Brighton squad, mm. like this Newcastle one, the thing about when squad, Matt Ritchie is your first choice fullback, it's scary. The thing like, about Brighton is they have like at least a lot of solid players that you think are fairly yeah. reliable. When Newcastle have a bad player, it's, oh my God, he's... So Harry did a did a thing yesterday and he was saying like, if you're the owners and you've got to improve certain positions straight away. And he was like, the well, centre-back is pretty mm. much... Yeah. Um, And he, he did me an 11, basically, where it was like, these are the players I don't think are urgent to be replaced. And then... Did he get 11? No, no. So this was, so it was like... <laughs> That's incredible. So it was like... I can think of one. one. <laughs> new centre-back, new right-back, yeah. But it was like, you can't replace eleven players at once. No. I think he, I think he had five players where he was like, I'd replace those six before this five. Shelby was one of the ones you'd keep, and I said, that's that's a worry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a bad indictment. Yeah. Do you remember a couple of seasons ago, but people were arguing that he should be called up for England. Pretty furious. Yeah, he didn't get in the twenty eighteen squad. If I'm not yeah. remember, if I remember correctly, he scored against Liverpool, didn't he? And there was at least one day where people were like, and people laughed when Liverpool sold him. <laughs> yeah you're right I think it's more than one day yeah. there was a movement for a bit like because well, because Liverpool's obviously midfield three was notoriously just like sort of solid but spectacular they like listen no one in that Liverpool team has the goal threat or the passing range that John Joe Shelby has like, come on lads he, give us a break he said of the players that he doesn't think were urgent to be replaced Callum Wilson Sir Maximin mm-hmm. Almiron, who I've made my thoughts on to him. Willock, Shelby and Lascelles. I don't know if that's too unfair. No. So he had new left-back, centre-back, right-back, keeper and a central attacking midfielder. Or just someone that can get the ball moving. I think like Dubravka's not bad, just for now. I am about as cold on him as I can possibly be. (laughs) Is it Carl... Darlow, it, it? they've got yeah. Carl Darlow, they've got Freddie Woodman, and they've got Dubravka. And the fact that is a group have... of goalkeepers, I have no idea. They might be quite good. They could be I've terrible. Always, I've always I'm really unsure. Right. It's like we had Vita Manoni, <laughs> Fabianski, yeah, yeah. and Armunia, and it was like, oh God, yeah. People were so picky doldrums. People tried twisting it into a. Well, look, it's what you want. You want competition in the keepers department. And it was you want good competition <laughs> yeah. in the keepers department. There, there was the story of... Even though you say Phil Jones can play any position, he doesn't play any even well. Yeah. That's the problem. There was the story of um, the goalkeeping coach at the time when we had Fabianski and Chesney called them both in for a video session. Yeah. And <laughs> he showed a compilation of just all of their mistakes and then switched the lights on, like, that's it. Like, they thought there was going to be something more and he was just like, look at what you two do. <laughs> look how bad you are. There's wonders for the confidence, though. And... Yeah, with that that group, I actually think Freddie Woodman is probably the best of the three of them. Um, and not just because we were linked with him. <laughs> no, Although, I Dubrovka basically is, is just one where I think of him as being a keeper. I'm going to pin my hopes on playing Spurs in a 4.30 kickoff on a Sunday. And 
with about 10 minutes left, I'm confident you're going to chuck this into your own net. Yeah. And yeah, he has done it. So I'll it's not even like unfounded. Mm. See, Gerard Graham Potter, Rafa's name is always going to be in and around there. The, the one that I thought outside of Graham Potter, that if you're pairing with Rangnick, he's maybe the most exciting. And um, it's that Terzic, who was mm. caretaker manager at Dortmund. He took over. He won the German Cup for them uh, against um, Leipzig. I think it was like 4-0 they won. Yeah. But you've got such a small sample sample yeah. size. Yeah. He's now gone and he's the sporting director there. Right. So I think it was the equivalent. I think when I saw a stat, it was like, he's been a manager for like 0.29 years. It, uh, 0.29 seasons it equates to. So you've got small sample size, but a very good mm. run in there. And if you need someone you can get instantly, I think take a risk on someone like that where the ceiling... Can you take a risk though? You got to stay up. This so year. yeah, that's the thing, the isn't it? Thing. You've got to go tried and tested now, haven't you? This, this is this is part of it. I, I think that's what keep Frank Lampard out of the offers because he was in defense. my mind that they might go for yeah. in the long run as I, take a chance. Exactly, I reckon Palace didn't even fancy him. Yeah, but again, they took a punt with Vieira, wasn't it? Even that's a punt. It's, I could see something I, like that where it's, Lampard is kind of a sexy appointment. Well, Lucien Favre is the other name that keeps coming up and he's out of a job. That would feel even a gamble. I know that sounds a bit odd, but his stock is about as high as it's going to be. I think like Frank yeah. got like a really bad rap because of what happened at Chelsea after he left where we go and win the Champions League and get to the final of the FA Cup. No, I think I think that's a fair rap, is it not? <laughs> no, it is. But <laughs> I think what Tuchel's got out of this squad before, before we had what Frank... No, totally get it. Totally get it. But before then, before that horrible run of like six losses in a row we'd gone 16 games of beer it's not a bad was, Premier League stock was okay without that. making yeah. it like a, a Frank piece was not the the thing that worked for Frank is when there was absolutely no pressure on you were playing nice football you were winning games as soon as he had a squad where it was like you actually have to get results now things yeah. then started to struggle a bit and I know what I've just said with Terzic so it does yeah. contradict but with with him, I guess you've at least not seen what can go wrong. It's essentially Arsenal with Arteta where it was like, we've got nothing to lose. They have something to lose, but yeah. it depends how ambitious they are. They might think, regardless of what we all know, we're going to chuck enough money at this that you can't fail. That's the thing, isn't it? Nice I mean, money like like if, for example, if Frank doesn't renew his contract or whatever at the end of last season and he goes out after that FA Cup loss to Arsenal, he's in very high stock there. Yeah, um, yeah. He, and he probably gets a lot more jobs whereas people are remembering how defensively frail we look and I don't think Newcastle have the leeway to be that defensively frail this season well, they're trying to be and without the, the defenders yeah and and the pressure never really got heavy on Frank in terms of Chelsea already had an affection for him that mm. it's not you're not going to have a situation where the, the fans up stand saying get the manager yeah. out and stuff like that yeah. it's never going to happen exactly and Chelsea will always pull you out before it probably gets that far yeah. anyway but <laughs> whereas at Newcastle there's no reason for them to do that and mm. despite their protestations online they can turn there's some, there's some talk, yeah. there's some talk of no, them. Insistent they don't. As I get very angry with you, but they do a little bit. There's some talk of them going with the caretaker they had in between getting Bruce last time and hoping that he can keep him afloat till January. They essentially don't. What's Joe Kinnear doing? They essentially yeah. don't want Bruce. Is basically they think they can buy time with the fans at least if they axe Bruce now and show well, this we is ain't the, sticking with him. This is the thing, isn't it? I mean, the take whenever there's takeover, you're fiddling with a 
they're going to sack the manager. But he was, as you said, was on the verge probably anyway. Yeah. And as a PR move, it's great. It wins the fans straight on side because they can't stand him. Yeah. So if they don't love you enough already, now you come in and sweep and basically get rid of the old... The problem is, he is probably the type of manager you would appoint till the end of the season to keep a team up. He would be a standard, okay, safe pair of hands. I know what I'm getting with Bruce. Mm. He did it with Wigan when he went in there, for example. He They were in a lot of trouble, kept them up, solid and spectacular. And then they moved on to Martinez, I believe. Mm. Uh, I would love to see him going at Newcastle. That, that would, would feel be, like that'd car be, crash that'd be TV. It's an indictment on Barca that they asked him about that job and he was like, look, why do I look there? I'm, I'm happy here at Belgium. we got the World Cup next year. And he's like... I need no part of that. Call <laughs> yeah. me again when it's going going well. I think the Rafa's off the table. Like the the amount they have to pay to get him out of Everton, especially after Everton have just had that happen with Ancelotti. I think the owners, from what we <laughs> see, just, yeah. just, just a club getting pummeled. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna take your manager again. <laughs> from what we see with their ambition, I, I think they're aware Rafa isn't the guy we're gonna bring in. To set the place alight, like, you really are being disrespectful today, well, aren't like, you? As I said, Rafa, Rafa, is, Rafa isn't so. I don't think Arteta would be uh, someone you'd bring in to do that. Like, I, I think you want a manager that is playing, is playing exciting no, football. Not. Like, I want yeah, someone yeah, you yeah, think yeah, you need. It, someone. It's funny because at the moment, like before, there was all of these managers that you could go for, like Mourinho and his pomp, Pep Guardiola and his pomp. You had like Rim, um, not Rummenigge, the. Bayern um, Munich one manager that Nagelman. retired. No, oh, um, they retired. At, if, is it your Pankers? Your Pankers? Yeah, he's the one that. Yeah, your Pankers. You had all of these managers. You had Ancelotti. About 85. Yeah, <laughs> Ancelotti when his stock was high. Same yeah. with Gus Hiddink. Now it's kind of like emerging new managers that everyone has to try and look for. It's not. You can't just go and get Pep Guardiola because he's happy at City ain't going to move. Oh, and nice. apart from that, who's the marquee name that you bring in now? Mourinho's lost well, it. Zidane's there. Um, I, I think the <laughs> Newcastle owners should be grateful that Jose has a job because it saves them having to make a call. Because Let's we, face it, that would have been, been on, wouldn't it? Yeah, that that would have been, been on. Because on. I think for as much as I despise Jose, I'm well aware if he was sat where you are now, he could absolutely charm me. Oh, like, for oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and when Everything he, I know would go out the window. It's yeah. a five-minute chat. Like, you know what? And, he could do it this time. Say, he has changed. He would say, look, I've been here before with Chelsea. Look, I know how this works. The, yeah. The, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the thing is, like, as we sit here watching peak Jose's Inter beat Bar- oh, well, draw against yeah. Bars in the new camp, he's never changed. He's always played this way. It's just the affection. I guess everyone else has been, become more dynamic in the, in the meantime. Like everyone else that like he's got Graham Potter playing great football whereas Jose has always done this hey, look. it's just everyone else that's improved Vegas yeah. manager up yeah get him on it so he can stop doing this World Cup every two years <laughs> yeah. just shut him up um, I think they're going to make I think they're going to appoint someone the, the Favre one looks like the rumours are too big now but I think he's available the football he plays, that he can be solid where he needs to be and he's happy to work with the sport and director. I think that one makes sense. Um, the Terzic one, I do think a club like this, you, if they were slightly better off, you would take the chance and hope that it goes goes right before someone else takes him and you're looking and thinking, well, why didn't I do that? Yeah, if they were like 10th at the moment, it's a very different mm. opposite. It's a def- very different choice, isn't it? The other, the other rumour that's coming around is 
Brendan's feeling a bit under pressure. If they come calling, he might say, "Wow, you know what?" I'll, He's, I reckon Brendan's done is what he can done at Leicester. Like, what else can you do? You've got Jamie Vardy who's getting, not getting any younger. I, and he's got Tillemans that wants to leave. I think what more can he tricky. do there? I yeah. think we're going to see a couple of people over the next season who are going to have to use the word project in their statement to explain why the hell they've made the move they have. Oh, and they're going to yeah, have absolutely. To yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, who was it? Um, that lad who uh, stepped down like three divisions to join Salford. Striker. Yeah, um, Rooney. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was. He yeah. went for him. Yeah. And he's like, look, SPL, uh, so. buying into the project they've got there. And it's like, we know what you, why yeah. you're doing this. The Cheltenham captain went to Wrexham. Two divisions below. Love the project. I, I think project. we're going to see a couple of them with uh, with this, whether it be a manager or not. You could see Brendan saying, look, I've spoken with the owners. I really buy into the project that they're trying to get going. Yeah. I want to bring some uh, happiness back to this great city and this this amazing club that deserves to be better than where it is. Do you, do you know what the, all this reminds me of? Is when Notts County had that like, inverted commas takeover. Oh my God. They had yeah. Sven in charge at one stage, didn't they? And Sol Campbell was defense. a disaster. Yeah. And they actually had no money. They actually you, faked it all. This, this Campbell might, only did three games. Yeah. <laughs> this might be famous last words for a club that if anyone's going to do it, they are. Do you not think we've seen enough bad takeovers now that it's hard to get it as wrong as some have? Like, uh, I don't know. I don't think you can, if you have anyone with an ounce of intelligence, I don't think you can get it as wrong as QPR did. Oh, I, was, I was about Christ, to say no, the blueprint no. of like the worst takeover you can think of is QPR. Mm. That is the blueprint. Of I how think bad that the go. whole thing now with, you, you get a solid sporting director in there. You basically, as the owners say, I've got the cash, but I'm not going to do, I'm not going to have any involvement. Yeah. Whereas the ones that have gone wrong have been exactly that. Like I, the owners yeah. have said, I'm playing football manager. Literally, Tony Fernandez did that, didn't he? And I think well, like, Roman did it what? He did it with Shevchenko. And after that, even then, he would, I'd rather us win. I'd rather wash my money through Chelsea. Yeah. <laughs> still lets the managers manage as well, doesn't he? As much as he yeah. might add some signs, you think that's a Roman signing, he still doesn't. I had a question, Jack, that you can answer better than anyone, so you might see where this is going. Um, Newcastle fans, Newcastle fans have taken a lot of stick in the last week as to saying look I know you didn't like Mike Ashley but I don't see how you can get behind these owners and from what we know about Roman is far less in the public about than than the Newcastle ones where it's the atrocities like, in Saudi yeah. Arabia but I think it's you a fair. I think it's a fair question I don't think people if, care if I was about to say if when Roman came <laughs> in we've seen that. you were the same things would that have bothered you at all or is it is it quite simply not my problem? It's not yeah, my issue to worry yeah, about. Yeah, exactly. Like, put it this way. I, I put the, the same question back to you. It's like Arsenal get, get taken over by someone that's going to plow... Well, we're linked with similar people and uh, I, <laughs> I can I know, tell you that. If, say, for example, like the Saudis came in and said, right, we're going to spend 200 million a season at Arsenal and get us back to winning the Champions League or win my first Champions League or whatever. Um, um, you, no, you're, you're all behind I'm it. all for it, but I mean, yeah. like, you've got it with Roman there. It's, it's easy to say it's what just you a, would say. It's just a stick for opposition fans to beat you with. That's all it is. I mean, like, it seems a pretty solid one. Though. It's a solid... I mean, uh, your owners behead people. Like, trust, trust me, I'm... As but a, having said that the Roman one, you have enough plausible deniability. Yeah, as like, there isn't, whereas I, this is pretty valid. Yeah, well, yeah that's as, ultimately the thing. As like an actual moral issue, like take put my moral hat on here, then yes, it's a huge issue. Mm. It's massive because, like, they're gay rights, they're women's rights, they're just rights in general for freedoms in Saudi Arabia. Whilst got massive inequality with poverty versus like Saudi kings mm. literally living 
ridiculous lifestyles or having pet cheetahs on leashes just because they can. Ready or, to fight Alex Jones. Yeah, exactly. That, <laughs> that's the only reason is to keep AJ out of their palaces. Um, but that there, like if I'm looking at a political standpoint, I definitely think, you know what, there's something to talk about here. From a football perspective where I just want to see my club do well and beat everyone else, that all goes out the window when it comes to football. You basically say, don't <laughs> you, just, if they're not going to worry about it, well, the, the issue is there's some Newcastle fans that are like denying that these things happen, which is where oh, yeah. they're going yeah, wrong. You, can't, you can't do that. You're, like, you're better off just saying it doesn't bother me. A lot of them are doing uh, what Jon Snow would have done in Game of Thrones, where you know he gets told he's been fucking his aunt. Yeah. And he's like, if I just pretend I didn't hear that, that would <laughs> yeah. never happen. I'm just going to carry on. It's like, John, you can't. You know now. It's been, you've been told. Even if you didn't know about the human rights thing, guys, you got it. You've been told now. <laughs> Yeah, it, it is awful. And, um, it is funny the phone is though when someone does that. I, I I agree with you. Well, I, I just I prefer if you're honest. Where you go, I actually don't care. Yeah. Because when they go like, ah, oh, you know, I, I think these people are okay. It's like, oh, I'm not sure. Yeah. That's, but did you I'm see how bad sure. Mike Ashley was? Yeah, that's the, that is the yeah. thing. And I I did see someone tweet about uh something about the the Liverpool owners got done in a, in a baseball cheating scandal so, but I'm not sure those two things are the same yeah. I'm, not, I'm not sure having hands and heads cut off is quite that the same tweet yeah. where it's like look it's not all PC about it not everything has to be all PC yeah. <laughs> I guess that is my only my only pushback on the PC. thing is this uh, this kind of thing where like journalists and stuff are getting called out for calling it out and you're like well that is kind of their job what? Yeah. people have been like, stop being so woke it's, about it, it. So I'm not sure it's kind of woke it, to it, point it, out it's kind of like, like a different realm isn't it it's like it's, it's hilarious that you've got a bunch of white Geordie 50 year olds up north that are quite happy to say something about when there's like a terrorist attack or something about that particular thing but then as soon as they want to buy your club. It's all sunshine yeah, and roses. Exactly. You've got a very, like, and not just Newcastle, just in the fan bases around the UK, you've got a very hard base of racism still in a lot of most clubs. Mm. Like, I go to enough football games to hear it myself of the old guard. Chelsea game. Like, yeah. like the, old, <laughs> the old guard say something that just wouldn't fly nowadays. No, no, no. And they're quite happy to jump on racism issue then. But then when it's now they're now defending the same thing that they're racist about which I find quite funny do you remember with the stuff came out with Cronky where he'd created a live hunting channel do you remember this couple of seasons back and I remember as an Arsenal fan being quite embarrassed by that it was like it's a pretty horrible thing to be involved with yeah if he did that and got us in the Champions League (laughs) I might say I don't agree with it but look it's not my... Uh, yeah, no, it's, 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 that's the thing. It's funny, like, we all have our moral lines in the sands. It's not even a moral line, because... But when it comes to football, they all go, you rub that line yeah. straight out when it comes that to football. That is it's the crazy it, thing. To win all or cuts. It's, it's kind of tribal, tribal enough that exactly. normal things get thrown out. And it's it? funny how I'm so willing to look past all of, like, that's it. the failings of... Like in almost any like, other thing in life, you wouldn't exactly, really go along. That's with. Yeah, exactly the point. Just kind of like oh, exactly okay. the point I'm trying to make. Like in any other walk of life, if it was, if someone running our country, or if it was anyone like your else, mate did it, you'd be like, I'm not sure we can be friends anymore. It's like, <laughs> say for example, right? There's someone that goes into another field that isn't football. That goes into like an arts or anything else. These owners would be cancelled so quickly. Like, yeah, yeah, They yeah. wouldn't even be to get through the door. Whereas with football, it's like. That doesn't matter. We're going to win the league. The yeah, yeah, yeah. You can cough up the money. Yeah. The, the stance I think that annoys Newcastle fans is basically saying 
why do you have such an issue with this? And then you're not directing any of this energy at Roman or the city owners. When I think if you look into how any of these are making their money, it's very hard to have that much money and not be making it. Oh yeah, like I, it, I think that probably helps them. Is that there's no probably no good guys in the in the football ownership states. No, but there is you know there's kind of levels to what you're doing, isn't there? Yeah. Like, I'm sure. Yeah, you know, the Liverpool owners are pieces of work. I don't we, think we, they're got to be like, atrocities. I, I so know a, there are levels. How like eagle-eyed Roman Abramovich is with this kind of stuff. There's, there's been cases where obscure newspapers and gazettes can't come in the country. Um, no, I know, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. he will file lawsuits, and like if someone publishes something untrue about him, he goes after them like properly. Um, so I don't know if this is gonna. If he's got like his many minions listening to this, I don't want to speak out of turn. But I'm fairly certain. Everyone text to say you get home tonight. He's, yeah, I'm fairly certain he's done something bad to get this money. <laughs> we, it's somewhere along the line. We're all pretty confident when, that. When yeah. um, AJ Ruiz too went to Saudi Arabia and you saw Hernan, he would be asked a lot of questions and he was like, look, what, what they do in their country, that's not really my business to be getting into. We're going to put on a magnificent sporting event over there. And they give us lots of money. <laughs> yeah, I can tell you you're going to be safe if you come over. I've been assured of that. Enough people were like, I do really want to see AJ Ruiz too. Yeah, the, yeah. that is fundamentally, yeah. isn't it? Our basically unquenchable need to be entertained trumps how, pretty how, much anything else. How yeah. would this conversation go if it was new United owners and we were doing this now? Oh, different story. I've, well, this is another thing. Yeah. I mean, in a couple of years' time, we will hate Newcastle. Yeah. So, once it seems nice and fresh like, now, we're going to be very jaded very quickly. With on this. on the drive here, I was literally thinking that I'm going to be hating Newcastle in, more than I actually do in about yeah. two to three months. <laughs> By the way, the thing with the United Newcastle fans, one of the areas that get quite annoyed is that they seem to feel like they're being persecuted. They're saying, well, you can't blame the fans for this, even anymore. But I haven't seen anyone blame the fans. There's been kind of a paranoia that we've been attacked. Yeah. Even though I don't think they're directly being attacked. So, but if this, they, the Saudis have been linked with United for a long time. Hmm. And I think this moral thing would be getting talked about a lot more had it been United. Yeah. Because yeah. of the scale of the club and the attention it gets. Agreed. I remember that was getting talked about when they were just being rumoured with being taken, let alone if they actually had. Hmm. I think this would be getting talked about a lot. We've I think got, they've probably made the right choice with Newcastle because got, uh, they can kind of come in slightly under the radar. radar. Seems, yeah. seems a stretch I, to say that, I, I but a little bit more. There's a um, Qatari prince that keeps tweeting saying it breaks my heart seeing Arsenal like this. I can't keep... And all <laughs> the replies are like, please. <laughs> please. <laughs> but um, I was going to say with this... What was I going to say with this? Um, carry on, it's gone. It's gone out of my head. You had a good point here as well. I, I can did. feel yeah. it. I can feel it. To stop his mid-flow like that, it kept... must have been decent. It must have been. But yeah, just like the focus would be like a hundred percent different if it was Man United. Mm, the, the scale of it, it I got, just, it, I got just... it back. Uh, yeah, <laughs> there was an article on the Athletic, and um, it said you can't blame the fans for being happy now, but you can blame them for how they react to what happens next. And it was like, so you're basically saying be excited, but as you find these details out of where this money is coming from then you should be reacting differently. And it's like, it's just not going to happen. It felt like that was the journalist like, well, I've uh, said my bit now. Yeah, get me yeah. Out of the game. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't see a way this goes wrong, really. Like, they've got enough money to put it right. Well, if, yeah, they'll so keep the going with, until they do. It's the thing with Tony Fernandez, wasn't it? At QPR, where it was basically, he would go and buy 
obscure players were at an ordinary amount of money, like 30, 40 millions here, there and everywhere, but he didn't have enough money to then put it right yeah, when they he, all he, down tools. He could run out of money. And it's, yeah. it's kind of a scattergun approach to it. It's almost semi-committed in that regard, where yeah. you feel these are going to carry on. And funnily enough, the thing with the City owners being there means they aren't going to watch their team be second to City's team for no, very long. That's Eventually true. they're going to go, well, we're not having that. Yeah. Well, it's, that's why they won't let them get relegated this year, for example. I thought... Just, it looks terrible. What yeah. we could do now is talk about some actual realistic transfer targets for them, mm-hmm. regardless of the ones we've seen. So I think a good place for them to start, if you want to have a kind of big club feel and this is look at the players who are not playing at the other big clubs that have a point to prove. Mm. And the the number one name, and it's not original in saying this, is Donny van der Beek, where it's like, you know what this kid has, you know what he can do. You can probably get him cheap because he, he's at United and they're going to want to get him off the books. He's unhappy there. I'm looking at someone like Ainsley McNanals, who has less than two years left on his contract now at Arsenal. <laughs> you, nice, I see what you're doing. You are banging that. Oh, guys, we've got a squad here. Take your pick. Yeah. I, I want him to stay. I'm just saying, when you look at this guys... This Pepe fella, tell you, yeah. get 72 million for him. When you look at guys who you want to have this level of Premier League experience, you look at those two, that already dramatically improves their team. I'm talking, hmm. you look at someone like uh, Nat Phillips at Liverpool, and I think... Uh, it's not getting you there straight away. I think you need someone. No, like, I, I agree. The I, the point you are, you obviously have to have one to bridge it. Yeah, don't you? I mean, I think, I think uh, City were buying like Lescott and stuff, weren't they? I think like, you look at Simicas at, at Liverpool, and you I say, think that'd be a great pickup for someone. I for, think for anyone actually, I, I think, think he's you look very good. Nathan Ake, maybe you revisit that. He's, he's yeah. I think someone someone is going to take him, and if you want a big signing, I think you look at Gabriel Jesus, and you look at how much money can I chuck at you. And, and get and get you here because he's he's not Bayern Munich aren't coming in for him. Like, I think your worry with a striker like him is he probably has to be the one that goes right. He has to. Do you not think bag the goals? You have to take a chance on someone like that because they aren't someone like him. it. I just don't know of him. Um, I even uh, I know he's being linked with him. Someone like Tarkovsky centre back yeah. is not a sexy transfer. I would say that's I, better than an that improvement. Yeah, yeah. Agree. yeah exactly. I think you're more of, would be more cost effective. Yeah, yeah. I, was, yeah. I mean even. I think you take a chance on someone. I, I, I think at this stage, you can take a chance on someone like Deli Ali and say, yeah. oh, I think yeah. you can re- regain your form. I think you look at someone like, uh, if you're looking cheap, Matt Doherty at Spurs, they're probably going to sell him cheap. I think you can look at Ryan Sessegnon at Spurs if you want someone and you've seen... I think, I think yeah, yeah Sessegnon's too much of a risk. He's like, barely played, isn't he? I think you look at Hudson-Odoi and say, yeah. what, what can I do? Uh, Chelsea's a hard one to... Because they have the money where they don't. You, we don't sell if we don't want yeah. to sell. It's one of those. I, I think there's. A, there's Can a, I interest you in a loan deal? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you get a handful of these, and then you love to see comes in on loan. That's yeah. the never all. He's actually been um, starting recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's actually been playing the, really uh, well. Grin brought in out, out of nowhere. Goal, he? He's starting ahead of Saul at the moment. I think mm. you get a handful of these, and then you look at the French league. It's basically where you go you look at someone that knows the French League mm. and you look at like you, you're picking at someone like Sumare for Leicester who's not kicked on just yet for 17 million like, yeah yeah that, for um, sure I'm, I'm going to butcher the name that um, Chouameni the one at uh, Monaco the central midfielder yeah the one I know like, balling over there. I, I tell you what it's enough guys they could do there. a lot worse than Billy Gilmore in their sense of <laughs> Jesus he is honestly brilliant how much how much are you going to charge for him I don't know. I don't know if he's so good, what, are you not saying, right, we're building the club round him? Or are you trying to flog him to Newcastle? We will next season. I'm just saying. 
if I was Newcastle. What's Josh McKechnie doing? This is kind of like when I start a manager mode with another team, and I just buy all of Chelsea's youngsters. So I don't know anyone <laughs> so else. The the kind of uh, players we keep seeing Coutinho mentioned, and I've got three players. That's here. a match made in hell. So I've got three players <laughs> here whose names keep popping up in regards to being this, this superstar. I was about to say you'd be this be the marquee, yeah. and, I, and I want you to tell me of the three who you take. One name is is slightly not there with the others, but ability wise, probably. So the three you keep seeing linked: Philip Coutinho, Gareth Bale, Aaron Ramsey. I've seen all three of them linked. You look at Ramsey, Juventus want to get him off the books. You look at Coutinho, any club that has him wants to get him off the books. And you look at Bale, who Real Madrid, I mean, it's no secret, they want no part of him there. If you were the Newcastle owners and you think you have to take one of them into your team and take the price into account, I think they'll probably be similar price ranges. Which one do you pick up? I think Aaron Ramsey. I I think... Just because of how hard-working he is compared to the other He's the most sensible purchase. He is. They're all injury-ridden for us. Yeah, because you think Philip Coutinho worked at, like, what, one club, and that was at Bayern when it kind of worked, but they still didn't want to sign him. And then Gareth Bale, like, we've seen what he's like in the Premier League at Spurs. Like, it's glimpses of quality, but not enough quantity of those glimpses, I guess. Ramsey seems like the safe choice, the powerhouse midfielder that knows the Premier League that can take the ball at the edge of his own box and then deliver it to a St. Maximan at the top. So I think you look at what he's doing internationally and you can take enough from that mm. where he quite literally is having to play games by himself. Yeah. But you're as familiar with Coutinho as anyone. I guess you'd say similar with Bale though. He does, he does the job with Wales, doesn't he? Yeah. And shows that They're he's, saying he's, he's going to retire quite... from club football and just play internationally. <laughs> Less than six months ago, we were talking on the other fu- Does Bale even care about club well, football? I, I was about to say, I would question all three's motivations mm. at this stage, but Ramsey, you feel, would be able to push himself. I don't know that the other two... I mean, I'd be livid if he went and we didn't pick him up, to he, be honest. I, I don't, yeah. I don't I see Coutinho living in Newcastle. <laughs> I, just, I just don't see it. We've got to apologise for the North yeah. East listening. Jack, Jack's views do not represent I, the views. To be, views fa- to be fair, I've board. actually been there to Newcastle. It's brilliant. I had, went to Shark Bar and you get 20 wings for 20 quid. Do you think they just showed these lads just a few episodes of Geordie Shore and be like, it's quite funny. <laughs> yeah. Trust me, right? You get loads of funny. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you think it would be easier to sell a move to Birmingham with Peaky Blinders or Newcastle with Geordie Shore? <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think you're more scared of Peaky Blinders. Who and I Emery like, said he learned English watching still like that. Peaky Blinders, which probably tells you where a lot went wrong. Oh, God. He said that? Emery, he that's said that's like... how he learned English, was watching Peaky Blinders. I just feared a furry accent. Yeah. Like, so... Good evening, <laughs> Thomas Shelby. Well, I still don't know what accent that was that he did have. <laughs> he was short at the end, wasn't he? Because he, he knew the evening yeah. thing was getting... When yeah, he, played his, when he beat us that. in the Europa and he just, said good evening. Yeah. yeah. It just yeah. always it just looked touché, like Touche, sir, touche. The you, butler from Mr. Deeds, that's all I saw him as. Do you do you think so with Coutinho, I think one thing we can acknowledge is since leaving Liverpool, he's not had a place where he's the guy. Yep. Had the same as he is at Liverpool. At Newcastle, and unless they truly do do a madness, even when you look at St. Maximin, Coutinho is still at least on paper the guy. Is there any part of you that thinks that works? That the Premier League suited to him? He's going to get all the ball. He's going to fans are going to love him. Or are you just writing it off? I think for now, like you look at it and you think 
it's Coutinho the man for now. Do for a relegation do, fight, probably yeah, maybe not. No. I, I do think there's probably 40% of me that thinks this could be brilliant. It's a, like you said, I think if he feels loved and you can build it around him, he's not really had that. Even he was loved at Liverpool, wasn't really built around him. I think if he if you could do that in Newcastle under the right manager, he could be great. And the fans would get on board with him straight away because they'd love we've, that type of player. We've, 60% of me, whereas does he even care anymore? I, Is he just going to be so at the end of his tether with the whole Barca thing that he's just picking up a paycheck now? I've, at Newcastle, I mean. I've slagged off every time I think Coutinho's going elsewhere and then he's linked with us and you do, yeah. you do, you watch his highlight reel at Liverpool and you're like, that guy's still in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, yeah, I do similar when you think it doesn't really make any sense that he would come back to Liverpool. And you think, I'll still, yeah. I'll think about that for the right price. And yeah. It's just the, that, he's just one of those players, isn't he? He's, hmm. he's got, gets the imagination going. Well, he's, he's the type where you're going to hear a lot with someone like that, a Newcastle type of player, as if every club doesn't want an attacking, exciting winger as part of their team. It's yeah. not when you hear, oh, he's a Man United player. So what does that mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, incredible. Um, I think they're going to do, there's going to be someone that they're going to buy that is in that range. I think for the most part, I said to Harry yesterday, they shouldn't buy anyone over the age of 27. They, they, and a, apart from maybe like a one-off because yeah, yes. by the time you get the prime out of those players, you're already then moving on because this if it took City four years to win the league, Newcastle, I don't think can move that fast. Just the way that it's going to work. And they're further back than City were as well. So if everyone says about the Rubinho signing and who's going to be there, Rubinho signing and this and that. I would Coutinho re- not be that? Would that not be kind of... Yeah, yeah no, people need to remember how that Rubinho signing went. Yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> About six months of good yeah, football. What do you call it? 33 in his first season, Rubinho, in all competitions. He's sort Did of he? mental. He had a great first I, season. I don't know if he was that many. I don't think it was that His first season was decent and he tailed off in the second season. But, yeah, but, but with, with Rubinho, what we do need to remember is he, <laughs> he, he was one of the most exciting young talents in the world at the time. I hated that transfer. Coutinho is She's a supposed to go to you as well. <laughs> Same with Sergio Aguero. Like how different could it have been? Coutinho isn't that. Yeah, but Robinho had had a spell of on the slide at Real Madrid already at that point. Mm. Or oh, you don't end up in Man City, by the way. That's it, yeah. He had gone to Real Madrid supposed to be the next Brazilian guy, had some initial success and faded. Mm. So I do think there is some... He's in jail now, He's still he? not 30, yeah. yeah. He's a rapist. Yeah, he's a... So he's still not 30? No. Um, <laughs> how, how was he when he was signed? No, no, I mean, when he signed, he wasn't 30 the way Coutinho is. Right. No, but but then to that point, Coutinho's done more, probably mm. at this stage of his career. But, you know, again, neither of them were going to respective club as a trajectory up in their career, were they? Both are taking a backward step by going there. Mm. Prison FC is... Definitely getting better. Strong. They just yeah. need a goalie. Yeah. Really. So if they can goalkeeper go out and do a madness, that would be helpful. Yeah. Why well, it was uh not Rubinho's third season. I think I was halfway there, fifteen. I was about to say it's gonna be fifteen <laughs> goals, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Stephen Ireland had thirteen. Jeez. Well, because I think I he, saw, I think he was I, unbelievable for a bit. That's he what, was, yeah. I think I saw someone say this in a group chat the other day and I just didn't question it and I've just quoted it back, so that's, that's what I like happens, that. Like. That's just, <laughs> don't bother with the facts yet. Yeah, unsolicited facts, love it. Um, yeah, that's why I just don't think the Coutinho to Rubinho is a fair 
one, I think. I think I, I think I, it's similar. I think, I think like it's not a million miles. I think once once it got, if he was flying in and stuff, I think it would start to feel quite big. Mm. I think it would. Okay, the, the, I, I I I'm about to do myself dirty here because I was half asleep reading it, and it was twenty five to four in the afternoon. <laughs> um, he, <laughs> he, he he bagged fourteen and thirty one in his his first season, which. Wow. It's an okay record. If you do yeah. that in Newcastle this season, it's not bad. I think motiva- motivation levels are completely different because you think Rubinho was young and at that time hungry for his career. What were after? He wasn't hungry to be there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but Very quickly. Uh, I, I, I'm often there. Those rumours of he thought he was signing for United, like they're still around to this day, I believe they? he confirmed it. I think Did he it? said he, he thought there was only one team in Manchester. He said, he, so he, he said, thought, he, he said after a month of being there, he cried because he realised what yeah. he got himself into. <laughs> He's getting dropped for Craig Bellamy, to be fair to him. <laughs> so I've been, uh, there's no one at Sunderland to do a Tevez. No. <laughs> oh, I like the idea of them just taking Sunderland's best player. Just Lee to be like... Just to be spiteful. Is, is Lee Catamore still there? <laughs> That's interesting. There, there, there's enough players out there. The, the Donny one is one I think they should really be all over that. Cause, do you uh, think the Lingard one makes some sense? It, it does. It, it makes perfect sense. A guy with a year left on his on his deal I think they they need a blend it's, it sounds a bit, I, I really think they need an English centre back I know they've got Lascelles there I just they, think they, it's funny they need a lot of unfashionable players don't they, they which need is someone, going to be a tricky thing well, when you get an influx of money to get sort of sensible need, signings is maybe a bit tricky they need we've all done it for manager yeah, they need someone that can move the ball at the back as well because currently they have no one in their back line and when you play as defensively as they do they can actually progress the football like Lascelles should be that guy. He's not. He's he's not that. He's he's no. closer to a Tarkovsky than people would like you to believe. Yeah, and not really good enough at that side of it. When we when he first came in, I think we all thought, oh, there could be a player here, and it's it's not really been shown to be. I could see like Tyrone Mings being in there online oh, a little bit. No, that would <laughs> like, be I horrible. Can, for I can them. see that. Like yeah. left-footed centre back, big, tall, commanding. Very few people have. Uh, lived off a left foot quite as much as he has. No. I've watched Nathan, games with him before. You are Nathan, Nathan Aki did. Nathan Aki got signed by yeah. Man City for his left foot, and he's yeah. just never played basically. And they thought, oh, hang on, we've already got an Eric Laporte. Yeah, <laughs> what are we doing? And he's like five foot nine as well. <laughs> Fucking centre back. He's minuscule. I've seen. I've seen. Is this what I think it is? What do you think it is? The rush. The Russian Champions League final. Why would I put that on? <laughs> Please tell me it's not. Would Connor? Would Connor Cody be a good signing? Mm, his stock's not as high as it was yet. Yeah, it's get it off. Would Adama Triori be? I don't want to see this. Ah, uh, the problem is for the money he's going to cost. It's going to be and Newcastle are going to Newcastle are going to run into the very obvious problem that clubs will overcharge them because they know they've got this money. And you come out and say you're the richest club in football. That's going to happen. Yeah, exactly. City embrace that. Yeah, yeah. Mm. To be fair, they haven't. Been they, done over too many times, but Newcastle are going to find that a normal club is going to get charged they, they, much less than they are. They kind of made their own bar, didn't they, City? Which is like they drew the line in the sand, which was we'll pay 60 million and that's all we're going to pay for a player. And they just refused to go over it. And then many a times they got away with not going over it. Obviously, mm. the Greenish one this summer, I think Greenish costs closer to 130 million if they haven't drawn their 60 mil line. Yeah, so maybe. If they, they can always make their own economy in that sense because they're that rich. And I guess, like, if you've got enough money to be able to pump, I don't know, 400, 500 grand a week into a player's salary, they're going to push for the move just as much as you are. I know, I know what we've said about kind of the old players thing. 
should they look at Fernandinho on a free next season? Yeah. He'll be 37. Yeah. <laughs> but you do... It'd be a bad ride for Newcastle yeah. if his legs do fall they're off. Gonna need, they're going to need a mix, aren't they? Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. I, I, I really do think, for the most part, they should buy nobody above that age range. And I think they need a certain level of Premier League experience to get to where they want to be. We've seen with other clubs where you you buy a mix of what should be the young bright prospects and you need a bit more than that to kind of get them to gel together and to get into the league at once. I think something that we've seen recently and I see it closely more closely with Arsenal is a lot of these young players like Lokonga tweeted after the Burnley game where he was like now I feel like he's like that was my first real game of Premier League football. And that helps when, even when you look at that Arsenal team, he has the likes of Xhaka or Tierney, who plays who've been there a bit a bit more. Plays who aren't the best, but you're not experienced. 10 young players in there who are going to get the shock of their life, which Newcastle can't afford to have. I've seen what would be interesting is isn't Fatty and um, Dem- Osman Dembele out of contracts at the end of this the, season. The, the Dembele one, I'm convinced, is a horrible move for whoever does it. Yeah. And I think Liverpool are going to do it. Do you? Yeah. Oh I'm my true. God. His injury record is horrible. <laughs> because I think it's someone where if you're not spending particularly a lot of money, you can probably convince him more than he would be swayed to go somewhere, maybe for a bit more money. The Premier League does carry some weight. I think Liverpool are going to move on from Mane. I think on paper, it makes a lot of sense. In, in the way that uh, Dembele is uh, injury played, uh, Kingsley Coman is going to be, is is again, he's never off the transfer list because you always feel he's replaceable. Um, Pedri, yeah, his contract's running out. You've got that Arujo. They've got a mix that they are going to probably overpay for at Barca because they can't afford to get many signings in. Yeah, oh, definitely. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see what happens in January. I think they'll probably get a number nine because when your second striker, as much as I love the guy, Dwight Gale, like <laughs> that, 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 sh- that shouldn't be with Callum Wilson's injury record. You shouldn't be looking at him. So is he ahead of Joe Linton in the pecking order? In terms of goal scorers, he probably is. Christ alive. Tammy Abraham would be a good striker for them if they wanted to bridge that gap and not go mega straight away. Me and TK were talking about whether Arsenal missed out on him when you look at him at Yeah, He looks brilliant at Roma, doesn't he? Like the goals he's scoring, I'm like, why could you not do that for us? Scoring ones from outside the area, bullets to the top corner, I'm like... (laughs) I'm convinced DCL's the next guy for us. Uh, Just got to get that over the line, but that's something for another day. Um... They'd be saying he's a Newcastle player. They'd be going that number nine shirt. Yeah. They'd be going in the old Shearer shirt. If um, I had to ask you to put a prediction down for how much Newcastle spend in January, TK, hmm. over or under forty? I'm going to say just over. I'm going to say about fifty, sixty. On one player, two players, a number of players. I think two or three players. I think they're they're going to be in enough trouble that they realise they have to. I think their intentions that they're not going to spend a lot will eventually in January and I think even by the summer will go out the window and they're going to go, look, we need to improve this and we need to look sharpish. Particularly with, it's in their interest to do it with the financial fair play thing as it is, is to spend the money now whilst you're in a backlog of we've had not spending for the last few years. So I, I think it's in their interest to do it now and they're not going to be average for very long. Those owners won't put up with it. It does go in a cycle as well. So at some point, all of the clubs are going to 
be caught up by their COVID figures. Um, yeah. Newcastle yeah, yeah. are a bit better because they obviously didn't spend anything in that time. But Jack, if you had to put money down today on who wins a trophy first, Newcastle or Spurs, where would your money be? I, the funny thing is, you'd probably have to say Newcastle because <laughs> like, I don't see Spurs winning anything for the next two seasons. Well, saying that, you look at they're in the Conference League, aren't they? Which they are in the Conference League. They yeah. should win. Cause it's is that being counted? I don't... That's not, okay. it, it counts as a loss if they lose it. If they yeah. win it, then it doesn't count. Yeah, it's like, it's like a Carabao. I, I think we've all agreed that pretty much. Yeah, I think... If you take out the Conference League, because they should win that with their second no, team. No, we'll, we'll count the Conference League. It's who do you think wins a trophy first? You've still got Roma in there. You've still got... Yeah, I think Spurs win, win that trophy. I think... They get to the business end and they'll just put all their players in. I think, yeah, they've got enough to win it. But if they weren't in that, then I'd probably say Newcastle because you've got a man, you probably have ownership there that are willing to, to try and buy that glory. Whereas it's Spurs, it just doesn't seem like that's the case. They don't seem to want to buy that glory T- at all. TK, do you think Newcastle wins something within five years? It's going to be really interesting to see the managerial appointment. It's probably going to determine how concerned or not I am in the immediate. Five years. I don't think Liverpool need to be concerned by them yet. I think Arsenal, Spurs, Leicester, Everton yeah. should be concerned. The, the issue is, and I, my concern for it is, if you've you know we we've already touched on the slightly questionable moral side of it, but then the Prem is a questionable moral place anyway. The the concern to me is that obviously because they're not a great team. And because of some of the issues Jack has spoken about in terms of geography, they are going to have to overspend in an era where people are overspending and the wage is just going to escalate. And at this point, I do wonder, with bears in mind Liverpool are bulking at the idea of paying Salah, is at what point do we become overrun with that? And I think a few other clubs are going to be in that boat where it's you're swimming with big fish and there's only very few can kind of we're deal get, with that. We're going to get... City and Chelsea. We're going to get like... A little bit. PSG, aren't we? Where yeah, you can they're going to come in and like Harlan's wages that were reported. Yeah, we, when we tried to sign with like eight hundred. Chelsea, like we can't. Do that. No, like even we, we can't won't. do that. Jack, um, if 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 we assume Newcastle stay up this season, so don't cut this season. After three more full seasons after that, where should Newcastle aim to be? Realistically, like, I don't think they think they're going to be winning. With, with that money, you would suggest that you would have to be top four. If they're going to spend as much as we think they're going to be. Agreed. Like, the problem with Liverpool is I know they go in, put, drop 80 mil on Van Dijk and 60 mil on Alisson, but they're not known for going out and replenishing their squad and going, right, we're at the top, let's stay at the top. Like, when Salah gets old or goes because they can't pay him enough or money, leaves. or when Klopp leaves... You're in trouble. Like, I look at that team, right, as we're watching them now, and I don't know any other manager that gets the tune out of a seven mil buy from Hull, a youth project it, right, right back, and then a midfield of Fabinho, Henderson, and even, even with some of those, there's an element of luck attached I, to it. And yeah. You don't get that twice. It, exactly, and I, Klopp has done a better job than Pep Guardiola has with the team that he has. Like Mane, 30 mil from Southampton. Mm. Salah, like, didn't make it at Chelsea. I think the problem you've got with that, though, is that 
the owners go, oh, he's doing great. And then he goes, and then what happens then? Yeah, And then you you don't have that investment. Whereas I think Newcastle will just power their way through the doldrums and just get straight to the success levels. I look at Leicester, where they've come so close the past two seasons and failed at the last both times. Um, And they invest into players, but smart buys that they can resell. So you don't look at them as a juggernaut that once their credit runs out, it runs out for them as well, I think. And then United, United, like they will always spend money to keep up at the top. Chelsea will have like a few great seasons and then a few shit ones and a few great ones. It just seems to be the cycle. And then City just seems to be that constant force, don't they? Where no matter what kind of season they've got the money and the players to be able to just keep going. So I think if there's going to be one, they'd be pushing into that top four. And I'd probably have to say the expense of Liverpool for the reasons that I've just said, like those players aren't getting any younger, etc. The last question before we move on, TK. Um, if we count Steve Bruce as gone, within the next three seasons, how many managers are in the hot seat in Newcastle? Yeah, so I think at least two. Uh, it's basically dependent on if they do like an interim one to the end of the season now, I'd probably say three. Potentially, if they did an interim one, I think the next manager will f- sign a few players, maybe have some initial success, where off they'll have to get the next guy. The Mark Hughes, if you will. I, I was just about to say, who's going to be the Mark Hughes? Maybe it is Mark Hughes. Yeah. That would be... <laughs> yeah. If they get Sven and then Mark Hughes, yeah. we can say, oh no, they're onto something yeah. here. I've got some horrible visions. <laughs> oh, wow. I've some horrible, some horrible, horrible images. If he thought the Arsenal fans were unforgiven. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, um, I'm sure Newcastle are going to be uh, right among the headlines uh, across, uh, well, the next however long. Just to close out today then, we had Fury Wilder 3 take place on Saturday night. Um, A trilogy fight that we didn't think we needed. Um, I mean, a sequel fight right up there with uh, Marquez Pacquiao where I guess not until after did we realise how much we really did need it. Yeah, I was thinking the exact same actually. Um, Went into the fight Paid for it begrudgingly, just not wanting to stream it. Um, after three rounds, despite Wilder coming out early, jabbing to the body, you thought he got tagged at the end of the first, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. you thought this is going the way we assumed it would with the new trainer, with the kind of uh, signs that he was giving off in between. And then the the, the fourth round comes in. And I'd given up at this point. Suddenly Fury's on the deck and you think, is he that badly hurt? He's on the deck again and I'm daring to dream. (laughs) (laughs) And then from then it is largely dominant by Fury, but with the knowledge that at any moment Wilder, even at half strength, could put Fury down, could put him out, could be whatever was going to happen was going to happen. Um, I took an excerpt actually from uh, ESPN that I thought was really good. And they said, uh, by the 10th round, Wilder seemed a superhero no more. There he was sitting on the stool waiting for the bell, gruesomely ennobled, having shown a heart no animator could imagine. His features swollen, his mouth blooded, his eyes closed. The sight of him recalled what Muhammad Ali said of his third fight with Joe Fraser in Manila. This was the closest you could come to death without actually dying. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. It turned into a, a, a beatdown 
Mm. It's never good when you're just hoping someone can get to the end just for their own peace of mind. And I do think in the end, the conclusion we did get actually will help Wilder's peace of mind in that he said he would rather be carried out than have the corner throw the towel in. Their three fights essentially broke every rule as to what we should get from a trilogy. It wasn't split going into the third fight. It was a draw and a win. Some people say 2-0 Fury. I still disagree. I think it was a draw the first one. Um, They said, I took another question. They didn't change the arc of each other's careers. They changed each other's lives. It was a blood feud even at the end. The first question I have is about the ending. And there's been a, a, a big uproar about the fact that Wilder didn't get up, shake Fury's hand, embrace him in the corner. If I lose to someone I truly hate at FIFA, I'm going to be angry and yeah. not really want to embrace them afterwards. If I lose to someone I like at FIFA, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not going to be too thrilled afterwards, as is well documented. Um, imagine losing a fight to someone you yeah. truly hate, someone you truly hate that you've been thinking about for the best part of three years, mm. you're then rendered unconscious by that person. And you come out of that thinking that really there's nothing more you could have done. You did your absolute best and still this person gets the best of you. And now I, he doesn't have a shot in that I, belt again. I don't understand how that's confusing to think that you might not want to get up and suddenly embrace this person and be all happy. It's not like it was a respectful build-up and then you're shunning the other person after. Mm. It's like, I didn't want to see at the end of Frotch Groves 2, I didn't want to see Groves and Frotch hugging and saying, oh, we put this to bed now. We, we, you know, it was never a thing. In fact, it annoyed the hell out of me after, hey, Belly won, when you <laughs> had all this the first time and they're hugging each other in the ring. It's like, we don't want to feel like we've been sold a lie. And I don't feel like it should go that quickly because I feel like it wasn't real to start with. I, I agree. Like, we are sold this line many times, especially... I've considered myself an armchair boxing fan where I watch all the big ones and I enjoy the big ones because of the build-up in the the presses and the fights at the weigh-ins and things like that. When it comes out that actually they're best mates afterwards, it's like this uh, White and someone else recently who, like, they... White is Chisora. Is it, is it, who's the one that have the same training camp? And they've manufactured this feud when actually they came up with this idea of boxing in Marbella or something that like that. That was, uh, well, there was the re- one recently with David Hay that's the one. and his, that's, his mate and they fought on the Jake Paul card. That's what I'm talking about, yeah. It, it's kind of like that where you know it's been engineered and they just lie to your face at the press conference and then smile at the cameras like we've just made 20 million each kind of thing and off into the night. I much would prefer to see this actual aggression and show that what I've got worked up for here and paid for my money for is actually true. Even with it, I don't think we're completely thinking that there's not going to be a point in the future that Wilder can shake hands with Fury and say, you know what, like, this happened. Like, we had three fights together, I couldn't get the best of you. That's not to say that that isn't going to happen, but immediately after it, when everything's happened, he's just danced over you, your days as it is. <laughs> Him coming over for a hug, like, he knew what he's doing there as well, old, old Fury. Like, he can play the nice guy. See, I tried to make friends. He knew. It's kind of a smug sort yeah. of, come on, shit me out. Yeah, exactly yeah. that. Like, you, you've fucking just woken up from being knocked unconscious. You're looking up at this guy. That's the first thing you see. He's just been calling you a fucking dosser for <laughs> the past three years. Staring up at him, with the, barely been able to open your eyes. And you think, yeah, I'm probably not going to shake his hand. I, I do think the... Uh, 
he was knackered from about the second or third round and getting repeatedly punched in the head yeah. probably should be factored into your decision making probably isn't too yeah. sound anyway yeah but I but the issue with it is is it's quite a British thing that sportsmanship and sure and after regardless of sport particularly boxing which they call the gentleman's sport it's not particularly gentlemanly. they <laughs> yeah. don't know why people get that so that that factors into it and because there are a lot of people who watch this fight who don't watch a lot they tend to see the conduct of someone like Anthony Joshua and think that's the way everyone should behave when in truth that's not for everyone and I would well I would agree with you is ultimately if you don't mean it yeah. then what's the point in shaking his hand or whatever yeah. then with for example the hey bow you won if you genuinely do think, look, we had a beef before, we had a fight, and I think it's now squashed, I do, a little bit more than you, I subscribe to the view that I think that can happen. Mm. And I can see that I think it can be totally genuine that you don't like him prior to it, and you can forgive him afterwards. But if you don't feel that way, then I don't need you to put on some faux display. No. I don't I don't really they care. usually then get back to the presser and they start slagging them off when they're not next to each other anyway. Well, yeah, and, and they have done the two previous yeah. fights, haven't they? They embraced each. after the first one, definitely. Plenty of times... And he may deny this. I've beaten Sean at 2K. <laughs> and I've smugly turned to him and got, come on, shake my hand. Come on, good game. <laughs> and you can picture him doing this. He's slapping it away. Going, get out of there. Get out of, there. Get out of my sight. And I've done this. I've done the same with Toft. He's, he's done the same to me. It is the most smug thing where you're basically saying, look, the better man won. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, just, just, just get on with it. I think as charged as, as charged up as that was it's not for any of us to tell Deontay Wilder how quickly he should forgive Tyson Fury and it's, it's not like it was just a little thing this was as we said three years plus he's been consuming his every thought he has not to he's not turned on the internet he's not posted anything on Twitter without having thousands of people calling him a dosser and this and that. Like, it's, what a tag as well. What a name to be tagged with. I'm not sure anyone even knows what dosser means. <laughs> just, just saying it. Fucking just like, brilliant. And I guess the most frustrating thing for Wilder is, and I don't know if he, I don't know if he does think this, like, Groves can have some level of clinging on to the first fight and say, I had him. I had him and it was taken away from him out of my control. The second fight, you can even point and say, I made a mistake and I got caught. Yeah. Nine times out of ten, I don't do this. Wilder has literally now three, four times hit Tyson Fury with a punch that almost any other man on the planet mm, is by. unconscious yeah. by. Yeah. And he that, that clip, have you seen the slow motion yeah, of the one rippling the, down his body? Yeah. Does help by him being a bit fat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's but aided. It, but it just shows the shockwave, doesn't but it? Yeah. <laughs> for, for, for <laughs> it's like Yeah, just like it's like a cartoon. For Wilder, there's there's not even anything that he can cling on to in that sense where it's like, mm. I could have done this. Him hitting him with that many punches should mean by how he fights, you shouldn't be able to carry on. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that is his only method to winning. And he tried it and it didn't yeah. work. And he got beaten three different ways, essentially. Yeah. Even if, you know, the, the first one showed how Fury could beat him off the back foot, even if he didn't win the fight, it showed yeah. how he could do it. Well, the, the thing is, I've made no secret of the fact I dislike Fury. There's, <laughs> I still completely acknowledge and can appreciate what he does. I don't particularly like it, but the the, the thing with him is usually you get someone as skilled as he is in the, sen- in the art of boxing. And when that isn't going your way, they don't have it in them to then down the down that start and just say, I'm going to out-dog you. Yeah. 
and fury for everything that I think about him, I can't take that away from him by the fact that it was said after the first fight, it does seem you quite literally need to nail him to the canvas <laughs> yeah, for, anyway. for it to happen. Because to, to get up from it is one thing. His powers of recovery, I've never seen anything no, like it. I was thinking that. Even the first fight, because he gets hit with one and he gets hit with the second one going down. And it's like you, regardless of whether it wakes you back up, you've still just been hit by two sledgehammers. Yeah. And he gets up and is pushing Wilder back by the end of the round. It's it's superhuman that I, what he's able to do. You shouldn't even be able to move like no, that. I, I, I was I was thinking that exactly myself because I, I thought back to AJ Ruiz and AJ gets tagged once and his legs like just went for the rest of the round. That's how you're supposed to. Yeah, that's what's supposed to happen. Exactly, and then yeah, like he got dropped twice in that round, and then next week he's just back up, absolutely dominating him again. I thought, like how, and like you said, the one punch where he really connected with. The right yeah. hand into his skull, but they say, and with much, so much force that it sent a shockwave down his body, and he just was like, you know, yeah, fine. Whatever. You hear boxers say, don't you? You, you punch through the target, yeah. and that is literally yeah. he has punched through Fury, mm. and it's like he's just absorbed the power and just like fired it back at him. What, what it reminded me of is I don't know if you've seen the Simpsons episode where Homer becomes a boxer because. He's got that gel in yeah. his brain where yeah. you can punch him as many times and the other boxer just gets tied out yeah. and falls over. Yeah. This fight kind of reminded me of that in a way that Wilder's, um, yeah, Wilder's literally hit him with everything that he's got. And then right at the end, he just gets tagged on the end and thought, you know, oh, fuck Wilder was knackered by round four when <laughs> yeah. he gets in with those. Yeah. Like, no. We were saying about him being done and he had some power taken out of him by the fact that he went down. F- Fury is, is just one of them. I do think he's going to be unfortunate in terms of, I keep seeing people say, is he the goat? Is he this? Is he that? There, There isn't enough competition for him no. to be able to be declared that. I think yeah. what Fury's legacy is going to be, and it's very similar to Mike Tyson in this sense, is because you can't make these fights, it has to be like, what ifs and what aboutery, because there isn't anyone that you can now put on paper and say, that's a horrible matchup for Tyson Fury. Mm. Because to be that size, to move that way, to take a shot like that, and we spoke about it, in terms of heavyweight punching power, he's not particularly a big hitter. It's still like 21 stone. If anyone 21 stone punches you, it's going to hurt. (laughs) I think like the one matchup that you you would think on paper, like for me... Would be Wilder that, yeah. like the fact that just that should be you, as hard as that's just because of you could outbox him as much as you want, but if you get hit by one of those, you usually well, knocked out. That. And he said that, <laughs> and that's he's, what, he's acknowledged it. He yeah, said that's, 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 that's a few that's things that I agree with. Yeah, and and that's what I mean. Like you know that from just watching the Usyk Joshua fight, you know the outboxes Joshua. Well, that's the next best win he can have is Usyk, and for all of the skill that he has and uh, Usyk has. It's going to be put down to the size, basically, as yeah. it's going to be. Well, you're, you're too big for him, like. And that—that that was the thing with uh, with him over Wilder. It's not only does he have the skill advantage, he just—he has the size advantage and is able to use it so well. Yeah. Like, and really, we hadn't really seen him do. We've seen him use a size advantage in previous fights in terms of keeping it long, but him, his ability to maul him. <laughs> 
and what? just use like, that weight and lean on him. Pressing yeah. down on the back of his head. It's as good as any. It's kind of what everyone was saying Joshua had to do to Usyk, and we've never seen Joshua do that. Yeah. Whereas Fury, we know he can do it now. It's because I saw the ref keep saying, like, stop putting him in a headlock, stop putting him in a headlock. But literally, he would just put his arm over and put him into a headlock and lean on the back of his head. And it just turned into like rock and sock and robots <laughs> at one stage where they were just hugging so much that they were just uppercutting each other just, in these yeah, I saw the ref picking up a man that size. <laughs> yeah. That leaning on you is just straight. Yeah. I saw the ref getting a lot of praise. He, might, he was just slapping away. It's like, just do one or the other. Yeah, like, yeah. same. Was Fu- on the Fury's work inside was as good as I've seen it yeah. in, in there yeah. because... When it came to the first fight, it was essentially anyone that was to compose a game plan was to say, stay at range and stay the hell away from that big right hand. Mm. And the fact that he was able to dominate so much in close does make perfect sense because don't give him the space to... Don't make any leverage. Yeah. And yeah. if he never gets a leverage, then, similar like I said at the time, Wardle on commentary saying that Fury should back off. That's the last thing you should do. Keep what doing what you're doing and swarm him because he can't... Right, so I, like I look at those big bombs that Wilder's thrown beforehand and it has always been from outside coming in and punching through yeah. the target yeah, instead. Exactly. The Whereas, one on Brazil is like what happens <laughs> when you step into one and like you, you see him get sent to the shadow realm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the bold thing for Fury is the fact that obviously to get in close you have to take a certain amount of risk to do it but mm. it, watching him it's like there was almost no risk attached to it when you watch it because the way he's able to do it. Something I did want us to mention, and I, I, I see it spoken about again, is people commenting saying, Wilder bulked up, but still look at his legs. I don't know why people think a boxer having tree trunk legs is of an advantage. Mm. Having to carry that around, Wilder's legs are particularly skinny. Yeah, freakishly skinny. I, th- I think this is like... Again, armchair fans like me point trying to point out that when you bodybuild, you kind of look at all aspects of your body. When you fine tune yourself for an athletic event like boxing, you want all of the power like upper body and then no extra weight anywhere else, really, because you'll just get fucking. I don't think people understand how tiring boxing is. The, like, uh, it's yeah. ridiculous. I think how... people think that they have big legs going to give you strong foundations, mm. and also obviously because you are going to yeah. come from there is going to be power come from legs as well. Uh, but it does also ignore that some people just have skinny legs. Like yeah. You can work on your legs, and, but ultimately, your genetics mean well, that you aren't necessarily going to have jo- legs like Joshua mm. out of nowhere. It doesn't mean they're not strong. Look at totally different type of fight. People used to say about Floyd. Mm. And I remember maybe an indictment on the pub I was in watching it. But <laughs> someone was comparing Pacquiao's legs to him. And I said, well, let's see how much that determines this it's not going to have any impact and sure enough what happened happened early 2010s like the the insult I think around 2009 probably went from anyone with like long hair being called Justin Bieber to the biggest insult that could be was uh, he skips leg day yeah and like this just (laughs) that does rattle people a lot and this just seems to come back around for Wilder every single time and it's I think if Wilder had that much time to repair and he truly wanted to bulk up his legs like he, he would have done it. Yeah. Clearly, all the experts involved think that isn't going to help him. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, presumably they never watched John Jones either, for example. Yeah. Whose legs are even skinnier. Yeah. And the, the thing with, I was pretty vocal about Wilder Bokner and I've done it with others before where I didn't necessarily like it. In this case, I don't know that it would make a hell of a lot of difference anyway. Yeah. You think, the, the, the pace they were fighting at, it's such a great fight. It was kind of like a, like two middleweights going at it. It was, it was Rocky film gets thrown out too much, but in terms of 
the pace of it, you think this can't sustain. I can't believe they're taking this and giving mm-hmm. it. So he was going to get knocked with that pace anyway, even if he came in at 15 stone. The extra weight may have helped him absorb some of these shots because he showed toughness that people didn't think he had. And so... I'm being punched as much, that much is going to drain you as well. Yeah, yeah. so it's, it's much of a motion. I think the only thing, coming in a bit lighter, he could have had that extra speed and sharpness and maybe landed early on Fury and that hurt him then when he had a bit more fresh. Because you got to think, even by the fourth round when he hurts Fury, Wilder's legs look gone already by that yeah. point, so he probably didn't have much left in it and that shows you how much power he does, he does have. So that would have been the only thing, but I, I don't think in this case it would have made a hell of a lot of difference anyway. I think the writing was on the wall for so, it. Some, some suggesting now, particularly British fans, that Wilder's finished. Nobody wants to see him anymore. Look look at his resume. It's not very good. The only top guy he's beaten is Luis Ortiz, who, let's, let's have it fair, Eddie Hearn signed him so Joshua didn't have to face him. <laughs> um, does, does, does seeing that just not make you want to see Wilder again more? Uh, we, we've spoken on here before and said, particularly... And I'm look, looking at you here when I'm not talking. The, the, the casual fan, you tune yeah. in to see a knockout. Yeah. Wilder That's literally gives it. you that. We've never, ever seen before people say, look, all he knows how to do is knock people out as, <laughs> yeah. as an insult. Yeah. It's the weirdest thing. I, I would tune in for another Wilder fight because just, AJ, I, would, I would love, I would, yeah. I'd love to AJ see is the AJ. fight just because they're the perfect mix of yeah. talent and flaws. And they've got and no belts now. So they can actually just go and gonna, do it without He's going to rematch Usyk and let's not be fit. Hearn was saying that Wilder should give up the belts just because you want to see uh, Fury and AJ go at it. Look, we want to see you sick and Fury go at it, so maybe uh, vacate the belts yourself. Do you you not think that AJ Fury is still a bigger fight than Usyk, even though Usyk's probably a better boxer just because of size? We we want to see someone with all the belts just because it's so rare to be able to get it. Um, I think you match any of those four up and it's going to be entertaining. I'll... I'd love to see Wilder against Usyk. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, agreed. It's just two very different styles. Isn't yeah, it? and <laughs> the ultimate tightrope act yeah. to just be just avoiding that as long as he can. And with with Wilder, his resume is no worse than than most of the other top heavyweights. I mean, people are saying about Andy Ruiz. I would pick Wilder to beat Andy Ruiz. I'd love to see Wilder against Andy Ruiz. Mm. Yeah, great fight. Um, great fun. And in the same breath, when you're talking down on Wilder saying you want to see Dylan White against Tyson Fury next, if you don't think that's going to be one of the most one-sided beatdowns <laughs> that you could see in a boxing ring, because he doesn't have the equaliser that Wilder has, mm. it's going to look a lot like the Chisora fight and probably more brutal because he's not going to be able to take the damage that uh, Chisora took, I don't think. I you think it's going to be interesting to see if this was styled just for Wilder, but if Fury's going to be more aggressive now and stamp his authority on fights now, he'll probably just go after White. With, whereas Jazora stood off him for 12 rounds and basically hurt him. Now he might just go for White and go, okay, I can get you out of it. It's probably done his confidence in the world of good because you look at... Oh, you feel invincible. Yeah. No, I, I, <laughs> I think... If you've walked through that, he already thinks, what are you going to think is going to be? Yeah, he already thinks he's invincible and now the rest of the boxing world of people that actually watch it think he's probably a bit invincible as well. We essentially all accepted he can outbox everyone, but thought, well, maybe if you can land on him, mm. and now if you land on him, it doesn't yeah. do anything. Exactly, weak. like, you end up hurting your hand more than yeah. that's him. Right? Well, Wilder did, he, he, he broke one of his hands and he broke his knuckles in his other hand. Of course, it is um, he's uh, done some damage to his jaw. He's got a busted lip. Um, I think he's got, his nose is done in as well. I think, like, if you can get hit 
that many times where Wilder would not be knocked out, no one's knocking you out. No, I don't I, think anyone is. The, the, the thing is, um, for all the praise that Peter Fury got, rightfully, for all the praise that Ben Davison got, I won't say rightfully, but, um, <laughs> Sugar Hill, what, what he's done in essentially saying, look, you're good going backwards, you're even better going forwards, yeah. is he, he's made Fury a somewhat watchable fighter. And yeah. for anyone watching this that hasn't seen his early fights, it's not like... When, pe- when people go back, and my dad will still tell me to watch old Tyson fights now, no one in 10 years is telling your son to go and watch old Tyson Fury fights. <laughs> no. However bad you think they are, they're worse. <laughs> yeah. 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 It is true. And I've, because I've done it as well. Because I, go I've, watch him against Kevin Johnson. <laughs> I, I would say that I've got into boxing in the last four or five years since AJ and Fury really, but since the Klitschko um, Fury fight and a bit of David Hay before then, so like 2010, I kind of got into it. But David Hay was a real gateway drug for a lot of Yeah, players. it really was. And uh, that value it doesn't look good now. Yeah, that value <laughs> fight, I was, like, I still remember watching that. But I go into it now, and you're right. I've gone back and watched old Tyson Fury fights because I thought, right, let's see the progression from everywhere. And I'm, I'm there, like just fast forwarding through, like what the fuck yeah, is rough. this? Like even on Channel Five, it it wasn't uh, doing uh, no. doing numbers. Couldn't uh, no. pay you to watch him. Um, I saw I saw a lot of tweets on the during the fight saying, "Look, after what we saw in AJ Usyk, this is this is a real good heavyweight fight." I thought they were both brilliant in just completely yeah, different yeah. ways. Yeah. Um, I think I replied to someone on the, on the night saying, oh, "I loved AJ Usyk like yeah, just yeah. just as much as I love this." This felt almost guilty enjoying it as much because everything you're supposed to love about boxing as someone that watches it constantly, you're told Look, these fights. There's no technique in this. You're not supposed to be. <laughs> we shouldn't lie to ourselves. We want to see two big guys just punching lumps out of each other and it's going to be enjoyable no matter who it is the fact that it's two of the best in the world is just even better yeah yeah absolutely yeah like I said two very different types of fights but I think that was good it's a high level technical fight the AJ Usyk one and this was more like you know you not Gary Ward, but that sort of yeah. thing going back and forth. So yeah, I don't something for everyone there. A heavyweight, you you can't have too many of those. I hope I hope Wilder has a long time out now. And I think you look at other Andy Ruiz. You look at I mean, if he doesn't get the Tyson Fury fight, which he should do, I think Dylan White would be the best fight he could possibly have because he's going to look an absolute million dollars when he beats the life out of Dylan White. And <laughs> I I I could not be more confident about a high level heavyweight fight. Yeah. He is literally tailor made for him. He walks forward in straight lines. He he is chinny, and you're against a guy that is the big one of the biggest punches the division has ever seen. I genuinely think he he I won't say it. <laughs> I, I, Dylan White wouldn't be walking out of there. I can I know that for sure. I think that would happen with uh, AJ. I think the, the you would have to absolutely batter the under three point five. For, for that fight because the second mm. one of them touches the other one they're both shit scared about their gas tanks yeah so yeah, yeah. I don't think Wilder would be too worried about his chin anymore although he's shown that he can be hurt AJ is shit scared about his gas tank and he's shit scared about his chin it would just be carnage I just hope that's not the last we see of Wilder 
because it would be easy to walk away now. I was kind of thinking like the way they say that obviously Tyson Fury isn't the biggest puncher in the division or had it historically isn't a big puncher for heavyweight. And you say that obviously it's 21 stone and hits that hard, it is going to hurt. I was thinking that Wilder has been knocked down. How many times has he knocked down in that last fight by by Fury? Was it four times? Yeah, and it was like, what, twice in the one before? Yeah. So... Even those fights are worse for you than getting sparked. Yeah. More Mars on the clock. Exactly. That would be the concern for me with Wilder is... Is he now more vulnerable? He goes into a fight and gets hit. In that one, he's shown a hell of a chin. That's what I was thinking. Is that the same but you can, after this? Compared to others, I mean, Dylan White's been knocked out cold by yeah. Kevetkin. He took yeah. lumps against Chisora. He's been knocked out cold by AJ. You look at Chisora, he's been uh, knocked out several times. You look at Andrew Ruiz, he's not been knocked He's not been knocked out. He's probably the guy you would uh, put your money on his chin. Yeah, but agreed. He got knocked down in his last fight by... Um, Who's that piggy fought? Chris Ariola. Yeah. A yeah, guy. I mean, a I mean guy, that's an interesting one when you talk about Wado battered with one hand. Yeah, yeah. Ridiculous, really. So uh, the respect disrespect Wado gets. He's, it's it's the motivation, I think, is the thing with Wado is what does he want to do now? Because if you accept you can't fight Fury, if Fury ends up with all the belts, you can't go after him. So what what are you in what are you in it for? I think there's enough Having guys big fights. talking mm. shit that he can get prepared. D- do you think Malik Scott deserves any props? Yeah, I, I do actually, in fairness. I think um, the ideas he was trying to implement were good. He, he was just, he's obviously got limitations of what he can do with Wilder and, and in a short space of time. So uh, I think he did. I think I think he speaks well. I think he's, you know, I think he's quite likeable. I just wasn't sure how much he could get done with Wilder. And he probably got more done than I could have expected, actually. The fact he didn't pull him out is he's going to be up here in Wilder's book. Yeah, that's a tricky one, isn't it? Because there may be a few times when, if you don't have the context of previously, a corner might have looked at it, or the ref might, or the doctor might have looked more closely. But uh, yeah, he was never. I getting, think in, in Wilder's mind now, it's even it's made it even stronger what he felt after the second fight. I mean, yeah, if it's ever going to reaffirm it, because already nothing's gone wrong. He hasn't like he's been hospitalised or whatever. So he'll say, "Well, I should have been had the chance to do this," and to an extent. He's right, they are getting in there knowing the risk. He it's knows the score. sadistic thing, isn't it? That I, I saw, um, I can't think who it was, they wrote an article and they said, look, Fury's obviously the real winner, but in a sick way, Wilder was a winner in, in the way that he got to go out on his own terms, which is all he asked for going into this fight. Yeah, I'm sure he won't feel like that. Yeah, but, it's not uh, the win he wanted, but he'd rather that than the referee stop him up against the ropes or anything else. Yeah, so. he got what he asked for. Yeah, I mean, we'll 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 hear from him. I'm sure in the in the coming days, um, we'll hear from Fury a lot more. He's going to be doing the rounds. Um, um, so. What what do you kind of make of Wilder's camp? I mean, in the previous fight and starting the rumblings of this fight of cheating and things like that. Do you think it is just sour grapes, or do you reckon there's any substance to it? I I don't think there's much to it. I think he had to tell himself something. Mm. I don't want to go on a full Fury rant, but it's it's not beyond the realms of uh, possibility. I mean, he is a drugs cheat, convicted <laughs> drugs cheat. Um, so just accusing him of cheating isn't the most mental thing. I think anyone involved in boxing will tell you how, loading your gloves is one of the most impossible things you can do in today's day and age by the fact that you have so many people around you. The, you literally watch you having your hands wrapped. They check your gloves. 
you'd have to pull off some kind of mastermind trick and without disrespect, I don't think Fury's that guy. (laughs) I don't think he's put in some Ocean's Eleven style like heist on just to get something in his gloves because I don't think he needs to. So There's a video I've been seeing doing the rounds and I don't know again if this is me showing my armchair nurse but of a punch to the side of Wilder's head with a fl- looks like a fist coming out of the padded part of the glove. Yeah, um, there are some but I w- suspects. I was looking at that and I was thinking, well, wouldn't that happen all the time? Like, every punch that's thrown. Like, There's a funny one of, uh, like, the top of the glove getting bent back. Yeah. You think, right, if your hand's in there, that yeah. shouldn't really be happening. Um, his old opponent, Steve Cunningham, did a video highlighting how he could do it. I, I think there's, if you were Wilder and you were trying to convince yourself that and then you see that video, I think that's the perfect supplement to kind of play on your paranoia. Yeah. Uh, how, that element of things you could, you can feasibly pull your hand further down the gloves so put your knuckles where it's less protected so it's possible. But even if you did it in the second one, I don't think you did it in the third one. People, so, and we had the same result. So. Yeah. People talk about Mike Tyson doing that as um, as like a thing to kind of sell him, don't they? They say, yeah. look, he used to stand, he used to punch the wall to really make sure his knuckles are right pressed up against it. You, as much as it's going to do some difference, you're still getting punched. I don't think that's the difference between winning or losing in, in Wilder's sense. Mm. So, there we go. I'll never forget, I think it was, is it Hopkins, Kovalev, or was Ward Kovalev? I think it might have been Hopkins, where they had a contractually, Kovalev wasn't allowed to punch the wall with his gloves because <laughs> they, they knew it was a horrible right. punch so you, know, so you can't you can actually can't punch the ball so keep the gloves nice and imagine that having fl- to have that in contract yeah. yeah I don't blame him he's you're a horrible right. man you're yeah. to punch walls I think <laughs> I think that just about does us for this week we've done a good old slog there how much of this makes the uh, final cut will uh, remain to be seen but thanks again for listening to another edition of the Spitballing Pod we'll be back with Movie Madness on Friday, Goodfellas against Kiddlehood. I won't ask either of you for your pick because uh, one or two of you or both of you will uh, be on the pod then. So we'll save that for there. Next week, we'll be podding as normal. I believe we have a 3MP next week as well. Halloween special. So plenty more to come. Tune in. Goodbye.